Hey guys, do you like heavy metal? Do you like video games, comic books, movies, theme parks, or even cool TV shows? We've got the place for you. Metal Geeks. Time to rock out with your geek out. Here are your hosts, Kerry the Metal Geek, Dave, and George. Geek it out, fellas. Welcome, my friends, to episode, uh, what is this, number 240 of the Metal Geeks podcast. Uh, I am one of your hosts. I am Kerry the Metal Geek, along with... Brutal Dave. Good evening. Good evening, sir. And we also brought back Mr. Balls, uh, Justin the Metal Detector. Welcome. What's going on, guys? And we have a very special guest this evening. Uh, who else could replace George? Motherfucking Tripses. It's Jesse Hobson. He is the owner and of Cinedump.com, uh, and he does a bunch of cool interviews, and he has a, a, a wall full of VHS right behind him. I wish you guys could see this. Welcome yeah. to the show, my friend. Hey, what's going on? I call myself the uh, semi-influencer, so I'm not like a full-fledged. I don't have enough followers to call myself a true influencer, but, uh, but yeah, Jesse Hobson, Cinedump.com. What's up, guys? Maybe we'll get you one more listener tonight. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we just had a good weekend. Uh, I'm sorry, Justin, we couldn't make it, but we went to the Houston Horror Film Festival, um, run by our good friend Scott, and his, and I had a I had a great time. I went on Saturday, and and Dave came up and met me. But Jesse, you were there the whole weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, it was a great time. You know, uh, showed up with my family on Friday. Uh, you know, it was so hot, so most of yeah. Friday was just spent like bringing my stuff inside, and. Uh, I brought my eight-year-old as well, so we just kind of hung out in the hotel. You know, we, we we'd go downstairs and check it out, but very like ultimately we'd go right back upstairs just because of how warm that commute was. Yeah, it's, it's weird uh, that hotel that was at the Marriott West Chase was a hotel that I had my bar mitzvah in, in like 1987. Brought back a lot of weird memories just being there. Totally different environment, but. <laughs> I, there was not uh, horror vendors everywhere <laughs> during my bar mitzvah. Now it might have make, made it a little bit better. It was weird because I was trying to determine where I uh, actually had like my party that night because like we had the uh, actual ceremony, which I think was in the panel room, film room number one, and then the one, the big uh, vendor room right across the hall was like where we had our actual event. We had like that 1980s DJ and shit like that. Definitely a different vibe, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we had a good time Saturday. Uh, the reason why we're doing this episode with Jesse tonight is our, our main topic of the of the podcast we were going to do live at the show was horror-based, or heavy metal-based horror movies and, and bands and all that fun stuff. And uh, we wound up interviewing Cherie Curry from The Runaways during our panel. And... It was very, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So we ended up just devoting the whole thing to that instead. We, Carrie and I had a conversation with her uh, beforehand and she had mentioned that she would just kind of like bow out and be quiet while we talked about heavy metal stuff because she felt like she wasn't going to have anything to contribute to the conversation. And so we just decided to pivot and be like, well, we don't want to take this opportunity Exactly. Guest and, and just have her sit there. <laughs> and so we decided to pitch the, the program, what we were going to do. So this is the makeup show for that. Um, it, were you guys as thoroughly, like as thoroughly impressed as I was with how kind of a person she was, I was it, 
Totally. I had one of the weirdest moments of my life, and I'm waiting for a video of this. <laughs> um, that room was hot, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. my glasses were fogged up. Like, during the panel, during the interview, she sort of stopped, and she like, okay, give me your glasses. Grabbed them off my face and cleaned them while she was still talking, and then handed them back to me. She said, okay, now I can see your eyes. And they that was one of the weirdest. They, <laughs> I was I was trying not to get in the fog up, but yeah, that was it was very strange. There were some strange moments in that uh, in that panel. Yeah, um, we took a lot of questions from the audience. Um, one cool thing is we did, we actually gave away tickets for Danzig coming up at the White Oak Music Hall, which is like September third, and we let Cherie pick out her favorite question, but unbeknownst to us before we spoke to her earlier, really, she had a history with Danzig. So she told a cool story about recording some music with him. And I don't, I don't think it's ever been released. Unfortunately, you know what she said on, on the topic that blew my mind, which was, was when we got, because we mentioned that we were going to be giving away the Danzig stuff when, when she said she didn't know anything about heavy metal, but she knows Danzig. And she's like, and I mean, like, I know Danzig. He's like, I know him. He's a great guy. And I was like, he's a great guy. That's the first time I've heard anybody (laughs) say that. And she said it more than once that like, she's like, she's apparently really good friends with Danzig and thinks he's a really, really stand up dude. I'm like, that's the first I've not (laughs) heard a whole lot of that. I always always hear stories about what a dick he is. I've met him a few times and he's actually been super nice both yeah. times it was he's it was he's, not movie, him, it was he's a manager artist then yeah. right there you go he only hates the other uh, misfits members that's it yeah <laughs> not me but uh well, apparently he hates his neighbors too but oh yeah i i read somebody who was like a, a like a neighbor that lives down the street from him was like live tweeting one day when danzig was out in his front yard like screaming at his neighbors and like oh, throwing a bunch of stuff. There was, he had one of those like portable dumpsters, like one of those temporary construction dumpsters in front of his house. And I guess the neighbors had complained about him making a mess and not cleaning it up. So he, he stood outside of his house You're for like a couple of hours. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, but he was like cleaning up the mess that the neighbors had been, you know, upset that we're just lying around and he's throwing stuff in the dumpster and just like screaming at the neighbors about here, I'm cleaning my shit. <laughs> all this stuff in the I mean, that's one dude. I don't, that's one dude. I don't want to get pissed off of me. That's for sure though. <laughs> the other awkward moment was, uh, some dude in, uh, an Eric Draven, the crow cosplay decided to get up and not really ask a question, but proceed to tell really bad jokes that, uh, that sort of pissed her off for a second. I don't, I don't know what that guy here. was thinking. No, it just, it's not like, and it wasn't even, it wasn't even like he was doing racist or like homophobic no. stuff or anything like that. It was just, he called it dark humor and it's like, okay, it is, but it's like, it's not contributing anything and it's really out of place here. And, yeah. but yeah, Sharik sh- shut him right down. But once again, she did so in like a really nice way. <laughs> like she, she was way nicer to him than I was about to be because I was about to say something to the guy. Uh, and it wouldn't have been as nice as what she did. So I, tr- I tried to make a joke out of it to the next person. I'm like, you don't have any bad jokes. Do you? Okay. Now yeah. you can go. I don't know what that guy was thinking. Uh, to his credit, he apologized to us after the show he did. and said he, that it, it didn't go over the way he was, expecting it to and he didn't really know what it <laughs> like what and he I was kept, doing <laughs> and i kept running into him that night i, re- I saw you? him like five times 
I was like, oh man, there's the guy. And then Jesse, like right after that, he was like, tell me about your jewelry. Like, <laughs> got, totally got her into a better mood. Thank you for that. Yeah, well, I had noticed it, and I was saving that question for if there was something awkward. And of course, you know it. It, it happened. <laughs> but, uh, uh, quick note about that guy, though. I I hosted a uh, cosplay contest on Sunday, and yeah. and he was there. And I, you know, I was kind of the MC, so I was kind of like just you know making fun of the costumes and like just having a good time ultimately, and like. I just kept waiting for him to like attempt to get the mic. So I, I, the entire time I just kept my eyes on him just in case he was going to lunge for, you know, somebody's <laughs> microphone. And it, it, it never happened, fortunately, but I, I just that something about that guy was just very odd. Hopefully he, he learned his lesson. Yeah. Was he wearing the same costume? He, uh, he was wearing the same costume, but he didn't have the makeup. Hmm. So, half. so he's just a guy in all black. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of costume is that? He's like a mortician. He's like he's like like the average uh, horror convention goer. Yeah. <laughs> so when the show was over, uh, Dave and I and my wife we, we all went to go grab something to eat, and when we came back, uh, I went to uh, Dave took off, and then I went and hung out in the lobby for a while. We walked back in, and my wife's like, "Is that James Rivera like hanging out with William Forsyth?" foresight and it was very weird we hung out with him like almost all night one of the most interesting things was uh during their 80s music you know they had a, a like a i guess like a, a rave type of deal dj and all that but sheree curry actually came out and sang some songs um more karaoke style which was which is pretty cool to see and um <laughs> i a depeche mode sync came on song came on and then I'm like literally like like six inches away from James Rivera's face as he's singing Depeche Mode to me. I'm like, all right, <laughs> this is pretty fucking cool. <laughs> but it was a good time uh, I had. Have you have you seen his uh, new wave? Yep. Band? I've, like, metal wave I haven't yeah, this, uh, yeah I, that's what I was trying to remember what he called it. But yeah, yeah James Rivera's metal wave. Yet. Metal wave. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, really cool. Actually, he uh, reached out to me. He's like, let's do an interview. So we'll probably getting him on the show and talk about that stuff soon because okay that'd be cool. Um, going back to the horror film festival, they just announced an October show, a Halloween event at the Wildcatter Saloon in Katy, like October twenty eighth. So yeah, so I, I got a I got a I got a nitpicky question. Yeah, so I mean, they call it Houston Horror Film Festival. How yep. much of it is actually a film festival, though? A because lot of it, it actually it is. It sounds like a convention it's about uh, half. based on what you guys are describing. No, there's there's uh, films and short films and going on all weekend and there's like an award ceremony and everything. Okay. So, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. To kind of, to kind of like respond to that, uh, I guess. So the fe- film festival portion of it was kind of created by one person. And then the convention aspect was created by another person. And then okay. those people got together and kind of melded the two of them together. Um, also like butter and chocolate. Yeah. What, what, what's kind of interesting though, too, is that of all the things to complain about, um, the only complaint that I heard from like patrons over the weekend was that there was not enough seats in the film festival portion of, of the, of the festival. Mm. Uh, they were all taken and, and I'm not, to, that's not saying that it's a small space because it's a fairly large room. 
And every time I'd peek in there, they were either at capacity or near capacity. So um, I guess they're picking the right films and uh, your boy has a hand in picking those films. So it's pretty good. Pretty, job. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty good. I feel like yeah, what you just what you just said about the the uh, the theater room crowd could be said for the event as a whole. At least for the yeah. time that I was there on Saturday, it was everywhere we went was packed. Um, that's a that's an event that has outgrown that space. And like you said, it's not like it's a small space, but they, mm-hmm. they, they, they it's time to to size up. I think because everywhere we went, it was like a slow trickle as we you know through the crowd, you know, trying to. Uh, swim downstream with the rest of the the fish, uh, what, just kind of waiting. What's interesting about that too is is that in comparison to last year, there was more uh, space to navigate this year. They added a room. Um, there was also another room that was dedicated to uh, like a, a VR area last year that was actually uh, uh, vendors. So there is a little bit more vendor space this year but uh yeah i agree but uh there was a lot more traffic this year than there was last year but that was mostly for saturday for sunday i was i was so easy to navigate friday it was easy to navigate saturday near the end of the day you could yeah you could could move pretty pretty easily but it was just that that magic hour is when Uh you're elbow to elbow you know they're doing I was a, at a I mean, different for I was at a different horror event on Friday. Um, I was vending. It was it was just a, a night market uh, for a, there was a gallery show going on in Insomnia Gallery. If y'all know mm-hmm. Insomnia, um, and uh, I was one of the vendors there, and it was crazy. It was packed, and uh, I, I've done the, some the Hardy and Nance, right? Uh-huh. And yeah. I've done, I've done a few of the, the pop-up markets for, uh, his events over there before. And this one was by far the most successful that I've had. Um, I didn't stop moving as soon as they started letting people into the event, I started selling and I didn't stop until the event was over. Like I didn't hardly have a break at all. And that's, that's fantastic. Wild. That's great. And, that's great. uh, I think I it finally Chris, the organizer said that, uh, cause he came and talked to me at one point in the, during the event. And he, he told me he thought the Houston horror film festival that was, uh, really helping the crowd at that. He felt like a lot of the people that were there on Friday night were like pre gaming for the, for the, the <laughs> whole weekend basically. So, so it was good. It helped me out. I think with, you know, the pandemic and all that, and people weren't able to do anything for a couple of years, now it's finally okay. Everybody's sort of relaxed again, and they're they're ready to get back out and and do festivals and conventions. And you know, their their guest lineup this year. I, I'm not. You guys know I'm not the biggest horror fan, but holy crap, it was pretty fucking great. Yeah. It was also really cool how like the vendors were just sort of mixed in with everything. Yeah, with the the vendors and the celebrities were all kind of mixed in the spaces together, and so we're just like you know browsing vendor stuff, and it's like oh you know, there's, there's Billy Zane and, Oh, look, there's in like, we were just seeing people everywhere. It was, that was really cool just to kind of, uh, sort of proverbially rub elbows. Like I didn't really spend time with people, but it was cool just to sort of be yeah. able to be in yeah, their presence. The, and That's the most fun part about smaller cons. Yeah. That, you yeah. know, it doesn't feel like everybody's isolated. I mean, you go to come, yeah. you know, you have to like pay and go behind the curtains to go see the celebrities and stuff. But you know, at a smaller con, no. it feels like you're kind of bumping elbows with them. <laughs> One of the things that really struck, stood out to me was um, 
like was, uh, I stood next to Richard Brake for a while um, and right. never talked to him, but I just kind of kept a, a, an eye on him. And what struck me about him was like everything that I ever see him in, he's always a creep. He's always, you know, the skeezy character or whatever. <laughs> and like, he did not give that vibe off at all. No. In person. Like it, he seemed like a different person, uh, it, which I mean, he's, you know, acting, you know, <laughs> but uh, it was just, it really it, it made an impact on me how much acting and makeup and all of the movie making stuff just changes him. Uh, because he he just seemed like a completely different person, uh, our, visually our and his demeanor and everything. Oh yeah, his, our friend Anar, um, you know, he was a, the handler for Nancy Loomis from Halloween, mm-hmm. and she was just the nicest person ever. She was super cool. Um, I, I I was hanging out with uh, Trevi, um, you know, from Night Cobra. Uh, Big Daddy's Aspirin hot sauce makes my favorite hot sauce in the world, which I don't know if they're going to be doing it anymore, unfortunately, is what he told me. But um, I went with him to talk to Sean Patrick Flannery because his wife went to high school with Sean like the same year. And he was just a fucking nice guy. We just started talking about Dulles because I went there too. But many like nine years later, it's just very interesting, you know, um, just a cool event. I wish I was more into horror. I, I, I know I, I like all the Halloween and Friday the 13th and I guess we'd call mainstream horror movies, but when it gets more, you know, in depth, I don't really know a lot. And I rely on some of these guys to really, Hey, this is what you need to watch. Yeah. That's kind of why I like this convention, uh, you know, more than, you know, some of the known nationwide events, uh, because there is like those obscure guys, you know, you guys mentioned Richard Brake, uh, before, you know, he was like a household name, you know, he had smaller roles in horror films, you know, it wasn't until Rob Zombie really took him and Game of Thrones took him that, that people started knowing him. Um, I was fortunate enough to interview him back in 2019 and we found out, you know, through our conversation that we have a bunch of mutual friends, so uh, he is a sweet guy. It's it's it is odd that he can play such a uh, a grease ball, but like he <laughs> he does it. That, I mean, that's a credit to his acting ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like these guys or this group of guys that's behind this convention, they they do get the the big names from like the Halloween's, the the Friday, the thirteenth, the Nightmare on yeah. Elm Streets, but they get the small guys too, like uh, people from like. Uh, you know, some of the American horror story actors that we often overlook, uh, you know, some of the Freddy versus Jason, smaller roles, yeah. uh, you know, popcorn. And I, I, those are the ones that I like because I, you know, I can go to any horror convention and find, you know, Jason or Freddy, but I like the, the oddball, you know, like the ones that, you know, there is no line for because they're, they're not at every convention. So it was cool, uh, Justin. You kind of mentioned like uh, it having that small convention vibe. When I mm-hmm. when I started working conventions, that's what they were like, you know. Yeah. Um, and most of the events that I worked felt like that, where you could you just run into people and like, oh, I just you know ran into it's Tony Todd that, on the elevator and we had <laughs> a conversation. Not that these days. Yeah. yeah, it's not. It's much less common now. So it was it was cool to kind of get back into that that vibe. Yeah. And I just want to—I mean, I just want to reiterate how cool it was to be on stage with Sheree Curry and 
and to be able to to, to f- facilitate that for her fans because she had a lot of fans there. It was great. And they posted footage on Blabbermouth of her performing at, at the 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 rave the the uh, the after show and somebody was a dick basically blabbermouth can you can you imagine well um, basically saying that she was a has-been and never was oh, type of shit never was i saw that comment i like your and response I, to it. I replied back i was like please share a link to your band that's all i said <laughs> a lot of people like that shit i mean if you're gonna talk shit you know you gotta you gotta you gotta show up man where's your band where's your biopic where's your, yeah. exactly where's your biopic where's your legendary like man, that's just punk rock status. That was just stock blabbermouth commenter number six five two. You know, it was, <laughs> that's that's just how they are over there. It always has. You can tell he's a he's a top fan because he likes to talk shit. I just i i've been <laughs> i've been reading blabbermouth since you know before Facebook and all of that yeah. stuff. And oh, the yeah. comment section has just always been it's always been guy, utter shit that guy over and over and over again. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's talk, let's start with our guest. You've been watching anything recently? Uh, playing any games? Anything like that? Uh, you know, recently I, I actually watched uh, most of the films for uh, Houston Horror Film Festival. Uh, so kind of overlooking those. Uh, my most recent visit to the theater, I went and saw the new Ninja Turtles, uh, and I was actually a I, I enjoyed it quite a bit actually, and I'm excited to see where they take the series. My kid enjoyed it. My wife enjoyed it. My mom and dad enjoyed it. So I, you know, wow. it's uh, it was it was good family fun, and I think that you know it's a return to form for the turtles. Uh, it, like I said, I'm excited to see what they do with part two. I'm I'm looking forward to it because I know George, our co-host, is a huge Ninja Turtles fan. Huge Turtles fan. That's his whole. But not a not a Indiana Jones. Yes, but not a not a Seth Rogen fan. So I was worried that it might affect it. But I'm looking forward to it. Same. Yeah, I I think that they just kind of threw like he's a producer. I know he helped write it, but there's also four four other writers or maybe five. And so I I feel like they kind of just added Seth Rogen or, you know, put pushed his name to the top because he's he's a known name. He's a cool name, you know, within like the the stoner community. So maybe rope in that audience. But I I really didn't feel, um, you know, that that, uh, you know, typical rogan vibe behind it except for like occasionally because he had the i think he did the voice of bebop and uh but it was so few and far between that it was it was difficult to notice i really like the art style too it's sort of like a Mm. hand painted type of like uh like a painting it looks really cool yeah it's it's kind of like a spider-man but like a more unpolished version of that like uh from what i heard it's more of like uh drawings that or, or doodles you would do back when you're in junior high sure i can do that it, because it does have like little nods to the comics but ultimately it's it's not like completely polished which i really appreciated uh for me my favorite thing was was that the the turtles were actually voiced by kids right. and it felt that much more uh nostalgic for me just because it it felt like kind of like how with the with the the old Christmas story, how when they filmed Christmas story, it was at the point of view of a child. Yeah. So, so it like, it, it, it kind of gave you that perspective of being a child for the rest of your life with something as simple as doing that with the children's voices. It kind of had that same effect on me, which I thought was really cool. 
I know. Yeah, uh, I, I thought that was a good decision. I haven't seen the movie yet. I'm also, but I, I've been really excited about it since I started seeing promotional material for it. And that's one of the things that appealed to me right away was that they actually had a young voice cast. And I was like, yeah. no, we haven't, we haven't really gotten this in Ninja nope. Turtles before. We haven't really gotten teenagers. We haven't actually had we teenagers. Had play. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and it's so uh, cool but, that they did that because they could easily like, let's try to find four celebrities to throw in there, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my biggest nitpicks with animation these days is like, uh, I hate like when they have like a huge list of these names and I'm like, what does Kim Kardashian have to do right. with, you know, this next Disney title? And it, it I mean, if they can do it, they don't can put, do don't it. Don't put that into the universe. Well, <laughs> and you get like the uh, like the uh, Illumination does this a lot. Uh, yep. Sony Sony does yeah. this a lot. Where in the trailers, it's like there's two full columns of big celebrity right. names on the voice cast. Like, oh, this movie's gonna suck. Gotcha. Cool. But, uh, I mean, we can't we can't deny it. Ninja Turtles does have that too. You know. Yeah, it does. It does. A lot of but celebrities, it, but not the. It main just seems like when they lean, cool. when they lean on that so much, you're going to get a lot of casting decisions that were made for the name and not for the role. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, those things aren't there to serve the story or the movie as a whole. It's there to, to be high profile, so you'll go see it. And so usually, when I see those that have these long lists of you know prestige act, voice actor or yeah. actors going to be doing voice acting i'm always like mm, okay <laughs> yeah uh, i don't have high hopes as because voice acting is an art unto its own and i have mad respect and i'm fascinated by voice actors um and not everybody can do it even even people who are perfectly good actors screen actors or stage actors whatever it doesn't mean you're a good voice actor so uh yeah i don't That's know very anyway, true. that was yeah. it um I was going to say that Dave and I got together on Sunday afternoon and we did the opposite Barbie movie. <laughs> we finally saw Oppenheimer. Yeah. That uh, movie is fucking. That great. is an Oscar bait movie for sure. Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> it was, <laughs> but probably it was, ex- most, it was excellent though. It was very, very good. Probably the most commercially accepted of, uh, uh or universally accepted of, of, of the Nolan movies besides the Batman series. I think, um, we were talking about it afterwards and it was like some of it's in color, some of it's in black and white. And, um, but the way they shot the black and white with very high, uh, contrast and very high lights and stuff like that. And we was like, Oh, maybe the color was like the past and the, the black and white was the future. But I saw an interview and they said the black and white portion of the film is from the viewpoint of Strauss. And the color was from the viewpoint of Oppenheimer. My wife's interpretation of it, because we were talking about it after I'd seen it, because she's already, she did the Barbenheimer thing with her sisters. And so she, she'd already seen it. And she said that her interpretation of the, the color versus black and white yeah. uh, was uh, that it was all about Robert Oppenheimer's perception of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And that, at that the reason that all of the color stuff was the stuff in the past was because that's when he was alive and engaged and like with it and the black and white is, was because he was being oppressed and uh, it's this, they're trying to make a very clear moral distinction so that they can have their, have their PR stunt with him 
And, uh, but that the reality of it was that it was much more complex and engaging than that. And so that was her take was the black and white is representative of this like cold political machination that he's caught up in. And the color was when he was engaged and really, uh, excited and involved and all that. And I thought that was an interesting take on it as well. The audio design in that film was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like it was like uh, it was like too loud at point for me. I'm like, wow, this is really fucking loud. We saw it in one of the IMAX theaters, and you know, great sound system. Just like, oh my god, <laughs> it's it's a great movie though. I mean, I'm I'm definitely glad we saw it in the theater. That wouldn't have been uh, not as fun to watch at home. You know what I mean? That's unfortunately probably where I'll get to see it. Yeah, it's okay though. I mean, I, I, if you've got a big enough screen and a badass enough sound system, you'll yeah. be just fine. So uh, you'll be fine, Justin. So yeah, you, do. you know I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. No. I know you do. So. <laughs> you'll be okay, man. <laughs> uh, what about you? Justin? I, yeah, it was excellent, though. I thought I thought it was just absolutely wonderful. Just uh, I, yeah, it yeah. was better. It was better than I expected it to be. So well, it's it's really hard for us to get out to the movies. We have a one year old, you know, and then a fourteen year old as well. And uh, nobody who lives around us that can really babysit, although that might be changing. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> there is a benefit. <laughs> yeah, uh, my parents are moving super close to me. So I thought you were talking about the fact that we figured out that I live close to you. I was like, Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna drop hey, him on Jesse. I'm, ex- way, I'm expecting too. So I mean, I, I have one on the way. Oh, congrats! Yeah. Oh, wow. congrats, man! Is this number yeah, one for you? We, we did make it to see a couple of movies. Uh, we went and saw Barbie, uh, which was a lot of fun. Barbie um, is fun. I went in with moderate expectations. You know, I mean, I wasn't yeah. dismissive of it, but I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. I think they um, said it's coming to streaming in September already. Damn. Yeah, I know. Quick. Everything comes to streaming faster these days just because of the way things have changed since the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, they want to make, they want to they want to be able to make money on people. It's not coming to free streaming, but you have to, no, you but I mean, it. buy it or rent it, you know, you can buy it on voodoo for 20, 25 bucks, yeah. you know, and then, you know, have a theater day and have your family come and watch it together or whatever. I mean, I bought a bunch of stuff on voodoo just because I wanted to see it and couldn't make it to the theaters. Yep. Um, but the other movie that I saw and the one that I was most excited for, I mean, we, we finally got a day where we could go out this past weekend and it was like a choice. Are we going to go see Oppenheimer? Are we going to go see Indiana Jones? Are we going to go and see, you know, and I was like, we got to go see talk to me. Uh, I mean, everything that's out. I got to pick the horror movie. (laughs) Uh, You know, Eric and I are both huge horror fans and I like a 24 stuff a lot. So I was already kind of on board for it. Um, It was great. I, I really liked it. And there's some truly jarring scenes in that movie. Um, they didn't really affect me that much, but Erica, who's usually pretty strong stomached about stuff was just like, Oh my God. <laughs> um, if you don't know anything about it, it's a uh, kind of the Ouija board or monkey's paw sort of storyline. These kids find a, a hand that when they shake it or, or touch it rather, and then say, talk to me, they can see ghosts or, or undead people um, and some sort of other dimension. And the whole I thing s- is that they invite the, the spirit inside of their body and they only only supposed to retain them for 90 seconds. And if they go over that, the bad stuff starts to happen. And, uh, you know, obviously things go awry. <laughs> Very quickly. Um, yeah. And the, I mean, there is some gruesome stuff in the movie. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. 
it was written by two podcasters from Australia, uh, Raka Raka, which I thought was funny. They're, they're comedy podcasters who just have a, a great <laughs> eye for horror because they wrote this really cool story. And, uh, you know, they're going to make a sequel already. They've announced it. So I saw that. And they also are making uh, like merchandise like a, you can buy the hand. Yeah, you can buy the hand on A24 shop, uh, I think, next week. Are you going to get one? Soon. Uh, probably not. I, I mean, love I, A24. I love everything they do. <laughs> I love A24, too, but I don't know if I can buy one of those hands. It's probably going to be 200 bucks, and that's just they're, a little bit. They're one of the only. Um, <laughs> now, Jesse, you know more about the movie business than we do, but they're one of the only studios that actually have permission to, to film during the strike. Is that correct? Yeah, from what I from what I heard, because they're not considered like a mainstream mainstream i you know oddly enough i got into an argument about this like literally right before we started recording because um someone called this a indie film and to me this this isn't an indie film really Mm -hmm. anymore because it was made in australia uh it but it was also made for 4.5 million dollars and then they very indie (laughs) yeah and then they sold it to or they sold it at cans uh, or can, but um, and I think they're approaching the forty million mark right now, based it's on all doing the, really well. Yeah, but uh, I yeah, they're because of their a twenty four. They're only one of the only people that are allowed to record during the strike. That is correct. Uh, I did want to touch on that. I did buy a hereditary gingerbread house off of a twenty four dot com. Yeah, cool. and it's fant- really? fantastic. Yes, yeah, I have pens and mugs and i have one of their little trays sitting over here i have <laughs> tons and tons of a24 merch i just can't justify buying the big items like that yeah unless it's I, know something I really when, love when a24 first started yeah it was definitely more indie but yeah they've grown exponentially and it's weird to somebody to me i'm i'm looking i'm not a huge fan of all their movies but i'm like it's definitely not an indie studio anymore, you know? Yeah. Well, they, well, they, they put out a various... bunch of really quality stuff. That, yeah. That's, yeah. Be, they were doing stuff that was different and challenging and daring, and they succeeded, and they got an audience, and so they grew real quick. Uh, that's, so. it, it, don't mind my ignorance here, but a lot of the Bloomhouse stuff, is that involved with A24? Or? No, Bloomhouse is a is totally separate? separate production okay. studio. I mean, Bloomhouse is... Blumhouse is all about quantity. It seems like they just put out any kind of horror movie that anybody brings to them. They're the Netflix of horror movies. Yeah, you know, uh, a movie. You know, a movie that a horror movie I did see this last week. What? Uh, Transformers: The Rise of the the Beast, or whatever it was. <laughs> it was so bad. I watched that on uh, Paramount. I think. If you, <laughs> yeah, that's where I watched it. If you have been looking for uh, a Transformers movie where one of the main characters has been changed from your your childhood number one Mirage. And is voiced by Pete Davidson. Have I got the movie for you? <laughs> yeah. Speaking speaking of Pete Davidson, that's the only A twenty four film that I did not like. Is that Bodies, Bodies, Bodies? You know, I ju- we had the free uh, uh, Showtime over the weekend. I recorded. I haven't watched it yet. It's the only A twenty four film that I didn't like, and like to like. I did it. You mean you mean in the horror genre, or no, do you mean throughout all of A twenty four at all? Okay. At all. Like, and I've, I've seen probably about half of what they put out because they've been turning them out like this last year. And, mm-hmm. and one, like most of their films are in my top 10. Uh, but that movie is just bad. Like it could have been so good. <laughs> it's still funny to see him kill himself. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, at least that. 
I did. Uh, I did watch the uh, Pete Davidson Bupkis show. Is that on like Peacock or whatever? Yeah. Because they brought Joe fucking Pesci back. I'm like, I gotta at least see the show that has Joe Pesci in it, and it's. Mm, I liked it. I, I mean, it's, it's fine. I mean, yeah. it, that was an A24 thing too, wasn't yep, it? Yep. See, I, w- I was recovering from surgery, so they had a captive audience, and uh, <laughs> it, it, I enjoyed it though for what it was, and it was. It was a quick, like, uh, you know, Saturday, you, you know, take yeah, some meds. Yeah, it's like a fictionalized, over sensationalized version of his own life, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, not mean, bad. Pete Davidson doesn't really add a lot to most things that he's involved in. I think the only thing I've seen him in that I truly enjoyed was the Murderville Christmas special. Yeah. Where he oh, shows yeah. up for about two minutes and he doesn't have a clue oh, what's going on. I haven't, I didn't watch this. I didn't watch the holiday oh, special. That's great. The rest of that uh, series was, was a lot of fun, though. Have you guys watched the second season of The After Party yet? Or been watching it? Nope. nope. That show is fantastic. I don't even know what that is. So it's an yeah. Apple Plus show. Um, it's uh, developed by uh, Christopher Miller and Phil Lord, right? But the first season, so it's a murder mystery every season. And each episode, it's sort of like a different film genre. Like there's a main storyline, but like in this, in the second season, there was an episode that was totally fucking like Wes Anderson. Okay. It's just really interesting how they get into different styles. Cause it's, it's basically when people start talking about their alibi or what they were doing or their version of the story, it goes into a totally different movie style. It's really cool. Yeah. I, I, that sounds good. Uh, but like, Typical murder mystery, like the mainstream stuff, like Glass Onion, and st- I, I could I could give two shits. No, really? Yeah. yeah, this sounds so much more up my alley. We just saw the uh, trailer the other day when Dave was here for the new uh, the Hercule Poirot Hercule movie. Poirot, yeah, Death in Venice. Death in Venice, yeah. It's like it's like a murder mystery mixed with a horror movie. Yeah, but it has Tina Fey as like one of the main. It actresses. does, and like as much as I like Tina Fey, when I see her, I immediately don't think horror movie at all. Uh, so even, I watched the trailer before talk to me, and I, the whole time I was watching it, I was like, this just doesn't even seem like a horror movie <laughs> because Tina Fey is in every single shot. <laughs> <laughs> that is odd. Hey, the, Tina Fey is gun, going to take over SNL. I I, I bet you. Yeah, yeah, I I read that, that as sense. well. I think that's a great move. I think that yeah. I think that's a a, a good move. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, so before we move on to the topic, I do want to talk about one little game that I've been playing on the Switch. Uh, it's a it's a game. Mind my lisp here, okay, guys. It's called Tiny Thor. Um, it's a it's like a two D action platformer game. That's not it's not a Metroidvania. Like it's level to level type of old school sixteen bit gameplay. But the main thing, and uh, you have the uh, Mjolnir, you can actually throw it. So it's very much like in the God of War, where you can throw shit and, and do stuff. It's a lot of fun. Uh, some of the levels can be very difficult, um, but it's just—I think it's a really, really cool little game. Uh, and, and it looks—it looks great. Um, if you're looking for an old school 16-bit platformer game like that, it's really good. What's it called? Tiny Thor. So like sore like a wound. That's no, what no. he was talking That's about. That's my list I was talking about. <laughs> okay. I, I'm not trying to be rude because I'm like that was my nickname in high school. But like, uh, <laughs> it, no, like Thor, the god of thunder. Thor. Okay, Thor, go. Yeah. Oh, dude, I I've been seeing this all over YouTube. Like everyone is uh, promoting yeah. this right now, and it look it looks really good. It's really really good. Yeah. There's some difficult levels, but um, once you get, it's like one of those things you get you figure out how to get past it, and you just 
you feel good about yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's totally reminds me of my childhood playing video games because man, these kids have it too easy this day, these days. <laughs> video games are not like they used to be. That's well, like, and I, that's why, like we were kind of talking about it before we started, but like, I love the meat boy games Yeah, and I, I mostly play Mario maker two. Uh, just because the the levels are always being generated and created, sure. and I, I that's really the only way I feel challenged. Like my kid plays it too, but then he'll go and play Roblox for six hours, and I'm like, "There's no challenge like there used to be when we were younger." I was, yeah, I was telling you about the uh, Doctor Fetus's Mean Meat Machine. Yeah, I got to a level last night. I'm, I have not been able to get past. It's like level three six or something like that holy crap that game is is addicting uh it was it was not really keeping me up at night but i'm like i was (laughs) like i have to go to bed i have to work in the morning but i want to beat this damn level with one of those things but yeah yeah, such a good game i love a good game i there i there's so much hand holding in so many um oh yeah major titles anymore and there's so many games that i get through and felt like they just walked me through the whole thing, and so try try so Elden Ring. I Elden intend Ring. to. I intend no to. And that, whatsoever. And but uh, <laughs> but, definitely but not. it's because when whenever somebody comes to me and is talking about oh there's this new game and oh it's insanely hard it's just going to piss you off of them like that's the game I want to play. What is it? Tell me. <laughs> tell me again. Because I because I came up in the eight and sixteen bit era yeah. where you they couldn't fit a lot of content on a cartridge so they had to make what they could make really fucking hard and that's what i grew up on and so i like a game that is a challenge and i mean of course i like being able to get to the end of something and seeing how it finishes but if uh you know some games i, I just can't they just i, is, I, I get yeah, stuck and I that's was, uh, fine scrolling through instagram the other day and i saw somebody post a video of the final boss fight in Demon Crest on SNES. Oh yeah, like, I remember that I, game. I loved that game, but I never got very far. It was super hard, and so I'm watching this boss fight, and there's like stage after stage after stage after stage. There was probably seven stages before he finally beat the game, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" Like that. There's nothing that comes out today that that's that's that hard. No. <laughs> and and Dave is the guy who plays Doom on like ultra brutal mode, you know. <laughs> uh, I I I'm not quite like man. There are, there are guys I see videos and uh, YouTube and TikTok videos and shit of some of the people who do the runs on Ultra Nightmare and shit like that. I am not that guy. I I don't have the time to commit to get get as good as those guys. But I do play them on Nightmare and stuff like that. Uh, I like the challenge and I die a lot and that's perfectly fine. Uh, watch, that, watch this. That's how you get better. Is that's learn, true. learn from last time. The, watch the segue into our topic for the evening. Have you been playing Metal Hellsinger? I know it's it basically. I have. Doom yeah, I have metal. it. Um, I have it, and I, I, I like it. I feel like I want more out of it, though. Yeah. Um, the at least I, I feel like there's probably going to be more content oh, yeah. for it. I think they're going. They've already released some other. Uh, levels and songs and stuff like that yeah what i want though is more even non-metal i i I want more i want more monsters yeah i I feel like uh what i've played of it and i think i'm probably about halfway through it at this point i want more diversity in the in the monsters because there's there's only like a handful and they they sort of throw them at you in waves and in certain combinations they just like reskinned a bunch of them yeah do you you know you know what game i'm talking about jesse no, but I, I this is all really interesting. So, so Metal uh, Hellsinger, yeah. 
Doom Eternal, but it's a rhythm game. Oh, rhythm cool. based music game, yeah. So it has a heavy metal soundtrack with like actual heavy metal musicians that uh, that recorded it and you have to but you fire. have to be you have to be moderately good at it to even hear the heavy metal music. You're playing it and it's mostly just like drum beat behind you until you actually achieve a certain level of success. That's what and I was going like to get more at. More instruments yeah. start coming in. Yeah. Everything starts to kick when in you the better start you do. The level, uh, when you start it's just like drums and bass and then as you get your score multiplier up, you get more levels, more tracks of the music start to appear and then when you max out you're hearing the the full track vocals and everything all in. But yeah, you have to fire and make your hits on rhythm with the music to make that happen. And so it is very challenging to find that rhythm and stay with it um, and stay alive. Uh, it, it's challenging. I like that. Um, sometimes given uh, it's a heavy metal soundtrack. So there's, it's a lot of BPMs and sometimes what they're calling the downbeat and what I'm feeling is the downbeat aren't the same thing. <laughs> uh, right. So it can be really hard to find the rhythm that they're looking for. And I mean, there's a meter on the screen to help you, but even so some of it's so fast paced, it's hard to stay up on. And that's that whole thing. Like when rock band and guitar hero, uh, if you were, off just like by like a split second you it threw mm-hmm. your whole game off you know and, it, and that can happen uh yeah, but yeah I, I was hoping that there would be a, a wider diversity of monsters in it because like that's always been one of the things for doom which uh is that there's a, a such an array of monsters and they all require a different strategy to defeat and i was hoping for a little bit more of that in metal hellsinger that's really the only big complaint that i have that and uh it's not really a complaint. It's just um, a justification for why I haven't played more of it than I have. It's one that I really kind of got to get in the mood for to play. Um, it's not one yeah, that I, I feel like I can just drop into and then drop out of. I feel like I have to be in the right headspace to get into it. Right. I agree with that. I played it a lot when it first came out um, and I got about halfway through it as well. And then I haven't really picked it up again since then, but I don't know why. Cause it's a really fun game. I guess just, Elden Ring and Diablo have taken more of a priority. I would I would like uh, a physical version of that game, though. They need to release a physical version. Speaking of Diablo, real quick, uh, we've been playing a little bit together. If you yeah. are playing Diablo 4, there is a Metal Geeks uh, clan. So you can search for it when you go to, what is it, social or whatever? In yeah, the you tabs. click on the, the clan tab and then search for Metal Geeks crew. Yeah. And Come there's, join. There's like five of us in there now. Yeah, so. we can always... Uh, go looting together or kill some monsters. It's fun. Yep. I need to get back to it this weekend. I think I'm going to play a lot more this weekend. Yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. Um, I beat the season yesterday, finally. Okay. Um, I got back up one. to like level 21 or 22 in the in the season. Okay. But I started playing a little bit of Remnant 2 with my buddy, so we've been playing a little bit of that, which is basically Diablo 4, but like in third person. Yeah, you still it's got like plenty shooter. of time. I think there's like 70 more days left in the season, so okay. plenty, plenty of time to to beat it. All right, um, uh, Carrie, have you have you played yeah. uh, while we're talking about seasons? Have you yeah. uh, have you played Mighty Doom this month? I have. With I've been playing it every day. Basically, they've changed a <laughs> bunch of shit this month. Yeah, uh, and uh, have you been playing the event? Which the, event are you talking about? The, there's a the Strog event that's going on right now because it's because uh, QuakeCon. Uh, yeah, they're they're. I saw they you could buy the you can buy one of the characters for like ten bucks or something like that. Um, they have uh, Strog are in the maps now. You got to be okay. So part of this is that they have remastered Quake Two, um, which is out now, and 
if you're on Steam and already have Quake 2 on Steam, you get the remaster automatically. Like, your your Quake 2 becomes the remastered version, essentially. Um, so they're... In, so they've they've worked the strog into into the event for the month. What is, what is uh, strog? What does that mean? <clears throat> that's the alien race. That's the bad guys okay. in Quake in Quake Two and, and Quake uh, Four. Quake Two. And where Quake 4. where do you see this? I'm not, I'm looking at my events and I only have conquest and Kachin. Con- conquest. That's it. So that is it. Okay. Conquest is the monthly event, and it, yeah, if you go in there, they look they look very much like the uh, the soldiers. That you've yeah. already that you're already used to. In fact, I think they're just reskinned and they changed. That's the probably why slightly. I didn't pay attention to that. Yeah, um, but uh, but they've changed how some of the maps work. You, like, yeah, there's actual yeah. Uh, the maps actually scroll in some of the rooms yes. now. The rooms and are power ups and now. all kinds of yeah. cool shit you can find. I hope and, they yeah. roll that back into the regular game more. You I kind of do too. That's what I was getting at. Is I hope they, I hope that what we're seeing is some stuff that they're going to implement in the game yeah. as a whole. And they've also made some UI changes that are really useful. Like you can batch upgrade things now, which is really handy. No, Instead really. Having, I haven't done that. Yeah, yet. you don't because it was that you. If anytime you upgraded any of your gear, you had to oh. go rank at a time. It's like okay, upgrade, I have seen that. Upgrade. Then yeah, there's a batch upgrade now, and that is fantastic. So. Uh, I don't know. I know that you had been playing it, and uh, yeah, I just we hadn't talked about the the stuff that had come out this month yet. I've been uh, I've been doing. Uh, I've been trying to do like forty five minutes on the treadmill every day, um, and I actually play that game while I'm on the treadmill. I just have it just up and just playing it. It's something to keep my mind occupied, and you know, because I get usually like watching a, uh, like a YouTube or a show or something. I get my mind starts to wander, you know. But uh, playing this game, I I, get, I just go through it until I, I can't play anymore. And it's it's a lot of fun. I really like this game a lot. I took kind of a break through July. Uh, I, I didn't love the July event. And so I just started, took a break and I'm getting back into it now. And I like what they're doing with it. Cool. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's move into our topic. This is what we were going to talk about, the Horror Film Festival. This is um, heavy metal-based horror movies. And we also want to talk about some movies that have some really great horror or heavy metal soundtracks and maybe some of our favorite horror-based metal bands. So um, we're going to start with our guest here because he's helped come up with some of these ideas because I haven't seen all of these movies for sure. Uh, so we're going to start with Jesse. Let's, uh, let's just start talking about the first movies. So uh, I guess uh, I kind of wanted to mention like why I am like uh, involved in this conversation, if you will. Uh, I actually, I do act from time to time and I was in a film uh, called Cult of Blood. It's supposed to get, it's, it's in its final uh, editing phase and it was filmed in Kansas city and uh, it stars Dave Sheridan and Felissa Rose. Uh, mm-hmm. While I was filming that, that movie, um, there was some downtime and we filmed a, uh, a stinger for another movie called protege moi, which uh, also stars uh, the drummer for the Ramones, uh, Richie Ramone. And he plays uh, a vampire King in the film. So I'm an alien in this film. Uh, there's a particular bar scene that I'm in only and, in the film. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's currently on the festival circuit and it will be releasing uh, this year. So, it's wow, not exactly cool, a heavy metal film, but I think it's pretty cool that, you know, Richie Ramones in it. And I have yeah. like, this connection to, 
to we him. call that metal adjacent. Yeah, metal. So. Yeah, good <laughs> enough. I mean, I, I I fucking dig the Ramones, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was really cool. But um, you know, uh, we have a huge list here, and I I think the one that that kind of that I want to touch on first is uh, Lords of Chaos. I sure. I, I, I love this film. It's one of my go-tos. I, I, I loan this to people just because it's that fantastic. And it has an amazing cast. Uh, one of the Culkins is in it. And I believe uh, Val Kilmer's son is in it mm-hmm. as well. He's also fantastic. But um, I, I with this particular story, and I know you guys can probably t- talk about it a little bit more. This is based on a true story. Uh, there, is. there is a lot that has been changed. And I really think you know i was not aware of this story so i once i saw the movie i immediately dug into it like i was on youtube for for hours trying to find out more and more and more have you seen until the light takes us you know i haven't i have it downloaded okay but, but i haven't i haven't watched it if you're interested it's in a this different perspective on all yeah that, if you're interested know. in this subject this topic that'd probably be the next one for you to watch but yeah it's based it's on. It's a little more depressing than it is. <laughs> oh no, um, it is. Yeah. Well, so is this. Well, well and then uh, Lord, have, Lord have you? Uh, is entertaining to watch. Fair. I haven't seen the movie. Uh, I got to say, but I've I've read the yeah, book like three or yeah. four times. Um, the book came out. In, I was about to say it came out in like the late nineties, like nineteen ninety eight. And it's more of a a history book with real stories because some of the things that happened in the film are fucking based on true stories. And I would say, Jesse, if you are interested in the story, you like the movie, I would re I would try to search out the book too. Um, because yeah, some of that early black metal stuff is a little, it's real. Yeah. That's all I can say. So the book gives a, a pretty good, uh, kind of historical rundown of where black metal came from, like what preceded it and why it came out when and where it did. Yep. Um, but I, I will also add that the the authors take somewhat of a sensationalist approach to the material. Um, and so uh, some of the stuff that's in the book, I'm a little bit suspicious about. Um, I feel like they're probably playing things up. Uh, um, they're sensationalizing some things here and there, but yeah. there is a lot of uh, factual information. It's and it's not the book is not just about what the movie is about. That's part of the book, but the book covers a lot more material than just that. It's it's about the Norwegian black metal scene, that second wave of uh, Norwegian black metal, right. where all of the the murders and arson and all of that shit happened. Uh, it's just kind of a, it looks at that whole scene um, and gives it some context. It's uh, it's a good book. I like it a lot. Uh, just know that it's a little bit sensationalized, and if you find it interesting, you would do well to find other sources of information (laughs) to corroborate things. Yeah. And, uh, the director, Jonas Ackerland, he's, uh, he's great. He's got to start doing like, you know, uh, music videos and stuff like that. So I think he did a good job on on this movie. Yeah. It definitely has that like eerie, like, uh, almost like third person. Like you kind of feel like you're in some of the scenes, uh, especially some of the more brutal uh, situations that they find themselves in. But the, that's the type of movies that I like. You know, I, it, I even when we were doing the panel on uh, Saturday, yeah. I really, I really enjoyed the runaways movie as well. So it's, I like these biopics. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not really 
I, I know music, but movies are like my thing. And then when you can combine them and they're actually good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, like I, I had, I really liked that Beach Boys movie too, like the the yes. Brian, Brian Wilson movie. Thought that was fantastic. She so, mentioned that too in the in the panel. Yeah, which I thought was wild. I was like, holy shit, okay. Because uh, she worked with the director. Which, yep. But which is going back to the Runaways really quick. I had never seen the movie because I've never been a Kristen Stewart fan. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I don't want to watch it because she's in it. But I watched it in preparation of the panel. And I got to admit, I really enjoyed the movie and I enjoyed her in it too. Yeah. She did a great Joan Jett. Yeah. And I, th- I think whenever we were talking about it initially, I, you know, I, she does get a bad rap for, uh, you know, the twilight films. And, uh, but you know, if anyone has came away from, from that, those projects, you know, a, a star, it's Robert it, Pattinson. It, it, well, yeah, but, but that wasn't, even, even until Batman though, he wasn't really even taking, I mean, he's still really not taken seriously. Yeah, no, it's uh, true. But he's done a lot of a 24 stuff, which is why I, I feel like the high, credit high, goes more to him, but high life, good times. Yeah. I mean, with, with her, she did the, uh, the most recent Cronenberg film, mm-hmm. uh, Crime, uh, crimes, crimes of the future. future past. Yeah, yeah. Keep on yeah. hearing about that. She she was one of the best things about that movie. She her early acting career. She was very like dead faced and just like mediocre. But somewhere oh. after Twilight, I don't really know when it happened. She improved quite a bit. Um, I think she's a solid actress nowadays. But I, I do agree. I'm a big. I actually I really like almost everything that Pattinson has put out. Uh, Except like Twilight. Good times is fantastic. <laughs> you know. Twilight's pretty crappy, but it's watchable. Yeah, I've seen I've seen far worse. So and there's like it has an insane cast too. Like yeah, it who, does. Did you get like Anna Kendrick is in it? Mm-hmm. Like who would have who like where where did that come from? <laughs> but um, but yeah, anyway. I like her. <laughs> but yeah, our paths. Let's go. Yep. <laughs> um. All right. Let's move on to the next movie on the list. Uh, I want to talk about Deskasm. This is. Personally, for me, one of my favorite movies in the past what, 10 years, five years. I mean, I think it's, I think the, this um, is, it's the penultimate this is, heavy metal horror movie. <laughs> that's it what I really was going to say. This is, as far as heavy metal horror movies go, this is the one. This is it. Um, I, I'm glad there's more of them, but um, like it, this could just be the one that there is, and I'd be happy about it because it's so well done. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's clear that the filmmakers are our metalheads themselves that they care about the music is apparent yeah. uh, in just in the way that this, not just the story's written, but that the way that the characters themselves interact with the music that I'm like, okay, these are people who know and care about the subject matter. That's um, so right. I, I like, which the, I'll put in, it, I like the scene in, when they're in their record store and uh, you know, he's like criticizing his taste, very elitist, in the beginning. Yeah. And then he's like, well, that one's yeah. okay. You know, trivium's all right. We can take that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Intel trivium uh, contributed some funds to that movie. Cause they are all over yeah. like yes. posters <laughs> and posters and album covers and stuff everywhere. Uh, but yeah, right, I like, like, a lot of, a lot of, I think a lot of movies that use heavy metal in it, they use it as like a crutch. You know what I mean? What and was the one that came out last year on Netflix? That was about know, the high schoolers. That, least, yeah. What was it? It was bad. It was, it was bad. bad. It, was, it was not a great um, movie. I was, 
I was excited for it. This I'm I'm saying this in contrast to Deathgasm because it looked like it was going to try to have a similar kind of vibe to it, <laughs> and there was Metal, hope. Metal Lords, I, Metal Lords, that's right. Metal Lords, that was Thank it. You. Metal Lords, and I could tell that there was somebody that involved. Me. Somebody involved with that movie knew what they were talking about. Somebody involved with the movie was a metalhead and knew what was up. Uh, but. Th- Either they didn't they didn't have full creative control or something happened. Uh, the because what they ended up doing with the characters in that movie I think was terrible. I I ended up really disliking what well, they, that movie turned. They into. wrote it like a CW show, um, basically. Right. Which I, yeah. I mean, the the flip side of that argument though is that shows like this. I mean, even even as bad as it was, even as badly as the characters were written. You know, teenagers are going to watch this and maybe they'll hear something they like and maybe they'll explore metal and maybe they'll discover, you know, more about it. So, I mean, it's not it just, the best it, thing, the but end it could of the be day, a gateway. Though, it, yeah, there's re- always, it ends up reinforcing all of the worst metalhead stereotypes, though. Yeah, and it I, does. I hated that. You uh, know what I You know what I felt did that same thing was the last season of Stranger Things. Yeah. That, that one character. Yeah. I mean, I was cool that I don't even remember his name now. Everybody Eddie. was so Eddie. Everybody's like freaking out about this heavy metal dude and Stranger Things, and it's like they never heard know, a Metallica they, song before. <laughs> which is a lot of people like, hadn't. There's a thing though is yeah. is we're of an age now, and there are a lot of people who had not ever heard that song before they watched. Right. Yeah. It became yeah. like a TikTok thing and all this. Mm-hmm. But I'll admit, Master of Puppets, no matter how many times I hear it, it's one of their longer songs, but it's still one of the best heavy metal songs that's ever come out. Yeah. I I can listen to that song anytime I, they play it. It's, But I can't tell you that about a lot of other Metallica stuff, you know? Well, it doesn't have the yeahs in it, so. <laughs> it, do, it does not have yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that whole Stranger Things. I mean, I liked that season, but it was just a little like, yeah, here you go. Here's our heavy metal dude. You know what I mean? It was a little in your face. It's always awkward. Seeing, it was, but the thing is, though, heavy metal is, guys if, if, if I'm remembering sorry, Dave, that I'm they're doing like an 80s. That's OK. Uh, they're doing like an 80s throwback thing. They are. That. And so that he is a kind of a trope of a character. I thought yeah. was fine. Because they also made him like he's a good character. He's not just the stereotype. Right. He's not. He's not just these negative things. He's a good guy, and I think that that I liked the character. I thought they did a, a, a good job while still fitting inside the yeah we're doing these tropey things. But he sacrificed himself to save people. So yeah. I mean that's what metalhead could want more than that. Valhalla awaits. <laughs> to, right. to, to Dave's point though I think that that's why Deathgasm works so well because yeah. it, it doesn't like mock those uh, you know those, yeah. those those you know the metalhead like it actually like puts them on a pedestal and kind of introduces this world to the, the good side of it ultimately and the character is interesting with with metalheads it um, the tropes are kind of shit on mm-hmm. like or you know it's 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 the narrative also wasn't good. It was poor writing. Uh, you know, a lot of these Netflix movies that kind of c- come and go, they kind of follow that same pattern. It's almost like paint by numbers. Let's throw in a stranger things kid. Let's throw in, you know, some other person we know from another Netflix show. And, you know, hopefully this finds an audience. Uh, thankfully this didn't find a huge audience, but um, I, I do understand what uh, Justin is saying too. Uh, you know, this might be a good gateway you know, to maybe 
they liked it a little bit and maybe they might check out Deathgasm or yeah. Lords of Chaos mm-hmm. or something else because when you look up those movies on IMDb, those are the those other movies are suggested. Mm-hmm. So sure, yeah, definitely. And if you guys did not know, um, there is basically a sequel to Deathgasm in comic book form right now, uh, released by Opus Comics. Yeah, uh, I, I think the first one's out right now, but it's the same company that's done like the Halloween and the Hammerfall stuff recently. Next one comes it, out in September, I believe. Yeah, it's good. I've read the first issue. It's really fun. If you it's directly picking up from the movie. It's cool. Well, I, 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 last I had heard, he was going to make a sequel movie. Um, yeah. It's been a while since I talked to people that were directly in contact with him, but uh, I heard there was a sequel coming. That was about two years ago. In, Deskgasm 2, Deskgatherer. In 2001, it was canceled, and then they picked a... They said again in... in or excuse me, 2020... In 2021... Well, back in the back in the past, it got canceled. Wow! In, in, in 2021, it got canceled, but then they picked it back up in 2022. But then, with with COVID and everything, I believe that they're just going forward with the comic. Okay. Um, I I love the director. Um, I've I've spoke with him before. He's a fantastic guy. I love Guns Akimbo. That's also yeah, a fantastic Guns Akimbo was really fun. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, like I like what he does, and uh, any any time that he can kind of get his voice out there, uh, if it's metal or you know or Harry Potter, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm down for it. I didn't realize that it was the same director. It's just sort of like click now. Yeah, Guns Akimbo was great. Uh, man, that's one actor who's really gotten as far the fuck away from Harry Potter as he could. Yeah. <laughs> Have y'all do y'all watch Miracle Workers at all? No, I've seen Swiss Army Man though. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> this new season of uh, so Miracle Worker, this is a show on like TBS or whatever show, channel it is, but each season is completely different. Um, like the first season, like it's it's all Steve Buscemi and um, and uh, what's his name, um, Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. In the first season, it's about uh, God, and the second season. I don't even remember what the second season is about. The third one's about them trying to get across the Wild West. And this new season is in a post-apocalyptic Mad Max world. And it's fucking weird and great and funny. That sounds yeah. interesting. Yeah. Like, the the they have a human that lives as their dog. Uh, it's just some weird shit. If you like, you know, like, David Wayne-type comedy with some weird shit going on, you'll probably dig the show. I like Steve Buscemi though. And I like Daniel yeah. Radcliffe too. I think it's enough to check it out. Yeah. Oh, there's um, I, I think we, did. we didn't put horns on our list. Horns. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of Daniel Radcliffe, yeah. right? There you go. <laughs> I keep Great trying movie. to find that uh, streaming for free somewhere. Cause I want to watch it. Cause we, we read the book as part of our big marathon of, books and i really enjoyed the book and i want i want to see what they did with the movie i watched that that was one of the movies that i watched during our a couple years ago uh was the list of all the stuff that you guys gave me to watch and i loved it i I thought it was great yeah it used to be on netflix it was it was i think they pulled it off when i started reading the book so (laughs) (laughs) when i got done it wouldn't be there anymore that's how it happens (laughs) that's how it happens um, the next movie that's sort of in the in the same vein, that's sort of more recent that I want to talk about, is Studio Six Six Six. Yes, Foo Fighters aren't technically heavy metal, but 
Um, Dave Grohl gets all Dave the metal credit. I mean, yeah, he plays the devil in Tenacious D. So I mean, he that's does. enough to give him the cred. <laughs> He's, he also well, no, he knows metal really well yeah, too. Though. I know. Like that uh, that whole Probot um, project he did, which is like nothing but like like heavy metal singers on his stuff, and then the the soundtrack to this movie. Uh, they released it on vinyl. I picked that up with Dream Widow. It's great. Mm-hmm. There's some really cool shit on that album. But I I enjoyed this movie way more than I thought I was going to. Um, the kills are funny. Uh, it's over the top. It's Dave Grohl when he get, once he gets possessed. He's fucking great. Um, it's just a really fun like B movie horror. But it's shot really well. Yeah, it looks super really, high production really value. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's like my favorite kill scene. Have you seen it? Everybody seen it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is uh, the the jackal <laughs> chainsaw yeah. in bed scene. That's the perfect use of that song in a kill scene in a movie. Nothing beats that. I, I, that I, that scene sticks out for me, and yeah. uh, oddly enough, I saw this on my birthday because every year I go and see a movie on my birthday. Right, and this I caught this one at the tail end. I think it might have been the last week that it was in theaters, and uh, you the know, first week. Uh, <laughs> same, yeah, it was the same same thing. Yeah, so um, but yeah, this kind of any any movie with Jenna Ortega, you know, ultimately kind of falls into the horror category now. Uh, yeah. you know, she really took off with Wednesday, but yeah, you know, this is this was like peak Jenna Ortega, and um, I I liked the movie. I thought it was fun, uh, but it it just felt so much like Tenacious D, like uh, that it almost kind of took me out of it a little bit. Was Jenna Ortega in it? I don't even remember her being in it. Yeah, she she's like one of the she's Sky Willow. Oh, okay. But she's, I mean, she's a minimal character, but yeah, I mean, there's a great, is a great cast. There's yeah. like Whitney Cummings, even though yeah. I don't really care for her, but Jeff Carlin, Will Forte, uh, you know, you got Lionel Richie, uh, <laughs> great scene. John you have fucking, you have Carrie fucking King in the movie. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of fun, but I mean, I w- is it, is it the best thing ever? I would rather watch Ten- Tenacious D honestly. Yeah. Yeah, it, I like, get it, but it's, it, it's not. Uh, it's not like on its own, just as a movie. Like, is it the best movie ever? No, but is it a <laughs> hell of a lot of fun to watch? Absolutely, it's yeah. a, it's it's a fun ride, and yeah, and you yeah. know, like I just, it, it's hard to it's hard to not like Dave Grohl. Uh, it, it is hard not to like watch it. watch him have fun, just chewing up scenery and being ridiculous. It's it's a good time. Uh, yeah. And he got to kill his best friend in the movie before yeah. <laughs> was a decapitated. That, I really, well, and I, I, God, I, I think the movie was really, really overshadowed so much by Taylor Hawkins passing and mm. just cause the, they, the movie came out and then like they put out the album, the soundtrack yeah. and he died the next day, the day after they released the album for the movie. Well, Taylor's not on the, uh, the album. It's all it, Dave. We, right. But what I'm saying though is just, right. No, I how all it. of that ties together yeah. is, and, and I think I saw the, it just really overshadowed the whole thing. I saw the movie before Taylor died. Yeah, I did too. Then I then then I saw when after he died, I'm like, oh, I feel I feel bad now that I know what happened in yeah. the movie. Yeah. Decapitated by a, a symbol, you know. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. cool. 
what what's um, what's really cool about this movie though is that they did film the entire thing uh secretly so this yeah. was this was filmed during the pandemic and mm-hmm. uh i remember when the first images kind of came out and everyone was like what the hell is this because it was not they kind of just did it on a whim ultimately and yep. uh, so considering that i mean it definitely has merit uh, yeah, it definitely, and it feels like a COVID project. It yeah. feels the movie feels like uh, we don't have anything to do right now. We need something. <laughs> we're, we're bored and stuck at home. Let's make a stupid ass horror movie, and it feels like that, and that's totally okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, better than the other uh, pandemic movies I've seen. So, like what? Uh, just the bubble. The bubble. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, that was gonna be what I said too, man. That movie sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. I, I have that, but I have not watched it. Don't. Don't, yeah. <laughs> it's among one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Uh, maybe not the worst, but it's pretty bad. Mm. Now it's going to the top of my watch <laughs> next list. So I will I will give you a feedback as soon as I tackle it. Please do. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> Good luck with that. It's a Netflix that. movie, right? Yeah, it was a Netflix so, I mean, movie. Can, yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one. Do you want to? Do you want to take the next one on the list? McFly, Which? Bueller. Who wants it? Anybody can take it. Trick or treat. Yeah. We oh, can do well, that. somebody put heavy mental. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. Who put that? That was already on there, but because uh, whenever I took over the sheet, because I was like, it, what, "Did they mean heavy metal, like the animated movie?" No, well, let's move on because I don't know who put that. <laughs> let's talk about Trick or Treat then. Trick or Treat, one of the classic fucking eighties heavy metal based horror movies. Tongue and like really, if it wasn't for like some famous musicians in it, I don't, it's just such a B movie. <laughs> but it's still fun. Yeah, I haven't watched it in a long time. I'll be honest. I was thinking about rewatching it soon. It's been a long time. I like, like I, uh, I saw it before. Like it was the gate, the uh, trick or treat, and deathgasm. George and, and I went to that. George and I were there. We that's oh, that's the only time. That I've, that's the only time I've seen this movie was part Me of that too. triple feature. Me too. I had I well. I always love going to those things, and then like the movies that they show are the ones like ones I haven't seen. I'm always disappointed when it's something I've seen. So, uh, but trick or treat. I, I was actually blown away by it. I thought it was severely underrated, you know, and Sammy Kerr is like a God, especially when you see him on like a screen like that, you know, in front of you, like it was, uh, he definitely overshadows uh, Gene Simmons and uh, uh, Black Sabbath, uh, Ozzy. Yeah, sorry. And, uh, but yeah, I, I loved the film. I thought it was fantastic from start to finish. It was probably my favorite film of the night, honestly. Deathgasm is fun. The gate is great, but there's something special about Sammy Kerr. And that was, uh, 19, was it 80, 86, 87 when it came out? Something like that. Yeah, the soundtrack was great. It was like that, that late 80s, um, rock and roll metal soundtrack, you know. 80, 86. Eighty six. Okay. Yeah, it's probably been since that long since I've seen it. I saw it when I was much younger, when I was a younger man. <laughs> I need to go back and rewatch that. Um, well, let's go. Let's go to the next one. What about D. Snyder's Strangeland? It's a weird fucking movie. 
It's a great fucking movie, though. <laughs> I like it. I, I never got around to seeing this one either. Oh, I really? like D. I like D. Snyder a lot. Just like as a person, I think D. Yeah. Snyder's pretty cool. And I've I've always kind of been curious about this one, but I, I've, I've I've never actually seen it. So same. It's one of the ones that like used to the VHS box used to like haunt me haunt me as a kid. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> uh, which normally I like to tackle those types of films as I get older. But this is just one of the ones like that we talk about watching at my house, but we never actually get around to watching it. I saw it once when I was in college. Um, it was a weird movie. It's definitely weird. It was a direct, It was written by D. Snyder too. Was it mm-hmm. stra- strange? Yes, you would. You would <laughs> yeah, be correct. Very strange. That. Man. <laughs> but, and his character in the movie is based on a character from a Twisted Sister song back in the day, Captain Howdy. It's so, which is weird in itself. Um, I mean, it has Robert England in it. That helps. That gives me wasn't a reason. Cap- to... Wasn't Captain Howdy the name that Reagan gave the spirit originally in The Exorcist? Didn't she, when she's playing with the Ouija board, doesn't she at, at first refer to the spirit as Captain Howdy? Yeah, I yeah? think so. Okay. You said Reagan. I'm like the president. Why would he be speaking of The Exorcist? What do you think of the new trailer? I think it looks I can't good. decide yet. I I can't decide. Uh, some of it looks exciting and some of it doesn't. Uh, yeah, and, I mean, and, and, it, and the, the the parts that look exciting and the parts that don't sometimes they're the same part. It just depends on when <laughs> I watch the trailer. <laughs> Why? Well, I, I I'm not a fan of Linda Blair. I can't stand her. So any any uh, excuse to outshine her is is perfectly fine. Even if you didn't like her, that's no mean. What's that? You didn't like her when she was a kid? No, I don't. Well, I met her at Comic Palooza, I believe. Yeah. Or, or some convention and she was rude uh, to everyone, like literally er- everyone that asked her a question at the panel, Don't you hate including, that? In- including little kids. Oh no. So uh, that's not cool at all. It was very odd. Like I, you can be rude to me all you want, but a kid is it's, it's very strange, yeah. especially considering like that they're there to see you. And right. It's, it's very strange. It's always yeah, that, when you're a fan of somebody and meet them and then they turn out to be an asshole and it's like, God, now I can't support you anymore. With the exorcist believer, right? Yeah. yeah. It, uh, yes. It's written yeah. by fucking Danny McBride, which is so weird. I mean, Danny McBride is an all-star writer. Everything he's he written is. has been fantastic. Um, this, this last season of Righteous Gemstones, it's like the best season they did. I actually went back and watched all of Eastbound and Down again yep. uh, this past <laughs> past month. Uh, I love Danny McBride. I, th- I don't think he can do any wrong. And uh, I'm very excited about the trailer. I love the Exorcist series. Um, the Exorcist TV series was phenomenal. It was really shitty that it got canceled. So I'm glad I forgot about that. I'm glad they're continuing the movies at least. So, so in this movie, you don't just get one, you get two possessions. So do you know if, uh, at the same time, I wonder if William Friedkin had any kind of hand in it before he died. I don't know. Well, speaking of rest in peace to William Friedkin, yeah, he passed away like two weeks ago. Anyways, I wonder if he got to see the trailer. You know, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. I'm excited for it, personally. Do you want to? You guys want to move on to another more recent movie, Green Room? Oh, I love Great that. Movie. That's a fantastic movie. movie. This one again, I think, uh, be, it, because it's punk centric, we'll, we'll call this one metal adjacent again. Um, uh, not directly a metal thing, but punk has such a punk. Punk is part of the lifeblood of heavy metal music, anyway. So yeah, well, it, it metal adjacent, close enough. Great fucking movie. Um, it is brutal. 
and uh, f- funny and tense and uh, yeah, and and just the what an opportunity to watch Patrick Stewart be a skinhead. Uh, <laughs> not, also, it just that, makes that you, was it just makes you wish that Anton Yelchin had lived because he was my so God, good. I know <laughs> he was beat. fantastic. Yeah. Such a horrible way to fucking die, too. Yeah, yeah. This it sounds like a he, his death was like out of like Final Destination or something. <laughs> this film is one of the ones that like I recommend as much as I can. It was the one of my favorite films of uh, 2015. Uh, the director also everything that that he puts out is is fantastic. Like uh, what is it, Murder Mystery Party or Murder Party? And uh, Blue Ruin is also really good. Uh, but so yeah, if you guys are ever interested in something similar, uh, most of his catalog is 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 along the same lines as as Green Room. But you know, he is one of those directors that steadily gets better, and Green Room is like his his uh, chef's kiss. Like it's, it's yeah, just, it's just fantastic. One of the movies that I watched a couple of years ago from the list that you guys gave me, and you know, I never really. I didn't. I, I don't really like really tense movies because I sort of feel uncomfortable. But I really enjoyed this. <laughs> I mean, that's I, that's what they're there for. But I don't. I know. I, mean, I get the, it. The tension in this one. I mean, it's it's really well done. But it's uh, kind of standard fare for good horror movies. I mean, there are movies that have a lot more tension. Try watching Uncut Gems. I don't know if you'd make it through. I watched Barry. that. I did watch that. <laughs> the movie was that like film. giving me anxiety attacks. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a weird thing i get anxious when i before i watch something like that i okay i don't know what's watch, gonna happen watch I'm good gonna, time i don't know if you've seen good time carrie that's another good one times <laughs> like so the, good. the old tv show no 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 s just good time <laughs> i have not yeah it's it's, it's a, always, that's a good one harry's always on edge waiting for jj to show up yeah right is it, is it dynamite <laughs> <Yeah>. dynamite <laughs> so so that movie is the reason why robert pattinson got the role as batman yeah so really? like yeah, because like in that film, it's kind of like he he goes from situation to situation to situation, and they they kind of compared it to uh, the Long Halloween, mm. and so that's kind of ultimately how they pitched the new Batman, and that's yeah. why he was like kind of um, once the director saw him, him do Good Time, they're like he's perfect. So that's that's the the short version of how he got the Batman. Now that now the damn. I, I appreciate that, but now the damn theme song is stuck in my head <laughs> from Good Times. Oh, no, 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 Batman. No, no, not Batman. Good Times. <laughs> I'm just trying to help you out. I know. Another James song. Um, there's some movies on here that I've never seen. So let's uh, Black Roses. I've I've been hearing about this recently a lot, and I have never seen it. Yeah, I've never I seen that one either. either. That that one, all I know is like the 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 VHS box art because it's one of those ones that is I I believe it's stuck on VHS and it always it, gets brought up in the conversation of uh, you know rock uh, rock yeah. metal horror but uh, it's just one of those ones that's kind of like you can watch it on YouTube and it looks like like it's all grainy and crappy. Mm-hmm. It looks um, like there is a DVD version on Amazon right now for like oh, thirteen bucks. Oh well, maybe this is a new. Uh, in, in, installment or a new release because as for the longest time you can only get the bootleg. Arrow got their hands on it and now it's out there. <laughs> Somebody. It looks like it came out in 2007. But yeah, I've been hearing about a lot. I mean, Carmen Apathy is in it. Uh, it's just one of the movies when I was doing research here. Like, oh, this is the, the one of the penultimate 
heavy metal horror movies. I'm like, I've never heard of this shit. I need His to watch character's it. character's name in it is Vinny Apache. <laughs> no, that's the... No, his char- Carmine Apache's character is Vinny Apache. Are you Are you kidding me? I'm looking at the cast right now, oh, and I just think that's funny. Yeah, it was released by Synapse Films, so not too far off on the arrow. <laughs> Let's see. But yeah, I love the cover art, and if I remember correctly, the VHS actually had like an embossed like texture on the on the cover as well. I'm looking it up. Yeah, you are damn dude. That's like Vinny Apache. Vinny Apache oh. like yeah. Apache. Apache as in like the the Native American tribe. <laughs> it's you think when people it's like one of those things that people are in a movie and they go by their first name in, uh-huh. as a character in the movie. I'm like, could you not remember your character name or something? What's going on here? <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, what, what about the next one on the list? We summon the darkness. It had its moments. I mean, it's a, it's like a, that's the one with the girl who like goes to the cult house on accident. Like she's a pizza delivery person or something. Um, I watched it. It had, it had some good moments, but good soundtrack. I don't know. The soundtrack is probably better than the movie. It had uh Johnny Knoxville was kind of like the only redeeming. Yeah. Uh, east of this film. It's been a while since I saw it. I I really don't like the lead Alexandra Daddario. Like mm. it seems like a lot of people really want to push her as like this sexy librarian type. She's got the weird eyes. That's what it is. Everybody likes her eyes. <laughs> well, I can't not think of her in that Texas Chainsaw Massacre where they throw her the chainsaw and she's like, yes. "Let's get him, brother!" And I'm like, <laughs> "This is so dumb." <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I really wanted to like this film because um, the director, he, Mark Myers, he directed uh, My Friend Dahmer, which was fantastic, and this was kind of his follow up. And um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a great follow up. So don't watch it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I would avoid it. Honestly, avoid it's, it? it's pretty. I mean, it's it it would be something like one of those direct to Netflix type films. Ultimately, yeah. So, did you put heavy metal on here? Like, are you talking about the animated classic heavy metal? Yeah. So the reason I put this on here was because my dad made, or he, he, he let me watch this when I was like six or seven. That may be uh, irresponsible parenting. That might explain a lot. Right? <laughs> yeah, that, that explains a lot. Yeah, and what's even crazier is like, I guess because we used to run our videos from Kroger, and uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, it was always checked out. So one time, whenever we, he rented it, he he dubbed it like he made a bootleg of it, so that way I could watch it anytime I wanted. <laughs> and, but uh, but yeah, like I I, I kind of just wanted to mention it because it does have like a, a couple horror elements. Like it kind of has that it does. yeah that uh that uh, what is it the the ball like the kind of it has some gore and go- stuff in it. So I mean, it, yeah. it definitely falls within that realm. I think. Well, it, the ball goes from like scene to scene to scene, almost yeah. like an anthology. And uh, I mean, I used to fall asleep by the time we got to the end of the film because I mean, it's like two hours, but the soundtrack is fantastic too. Um, yeah, just a great film if you haven't seen it. I mean, yeah, soundtrack. Uh, the the as soon as I hear the 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 movie title, I hear Sammy Hagar's heavy metal song in my head. You know, 
Um, they used Black Sabbath, Blue Oyster Cult. Um, trying to remember, like Don Felder had some shit in here. Yep. Yeah. But you know, the crazy thing is, I saw I saw it for the first time when I was probably thirteen, and yeah. you know, I watched it several times in my teenage years and stuff. But now, anytime anybody mentions it or I see it come on or I'm thinking about it. I can't separate it from the South Park episode where they parodied it. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, yes. South Park's been successful with so many things, but the fact that they parodied heavy metal so well that it immediately pops into my mind over something that I've been watching since I was an early teenager. Uh, right. It's insane. I get me. it. Yeah. It, it, and you try to, you, you start your myth. Remember? And like, well, <laughs> was this you know, <laughs> was it really a restriary and a in the, <laughs> And they made a sequel to this movie too, Heavy Metal, Heavy Metal Two Thousand. Yeah. yeah. Anybody ever watch that? I did once. Yeah. I never saw that one. So to be fair, I, the original one I've actually only seen all the way through one time. Uh, I've I've seen bits and pieces of it here and there, but uh, I've only done one full sit through. And no, I, I never watched the sequel. But I haven't really uh, heard good things about it. So it's it was okay. Bad. It was more uh, like Julie Strain, like a starring role for her if i remember correctly um it was all right see like with the south park thing like for me instead of the south park i always think of uh the fifth element for some reason i get (laughs) like because it's very similar like the opening sequence oh Uh, and i i don't know like fifth element also kind of holds a special place in my heart but I i didn't see that when i was six or seven i saw that much later so this this like gives me like instant wood while the other movie like kind of just like i I just get interested you know chris tucker coming and things like that chris tucker is so great in that in that moon movie (laughs) multi-pass multi-pass have you seen spine of night what is it spine of night no it's a new animated movie in sort of the same vein as heavy metal um, yeah. And I think it has a heavy metal. I think it is a heavy metal horror movie. Um, that's specifically what it's promoted as. I, I bought a copy, but I haven't watched it yet. So I was just curious if uh, Jesse had seen it. I got sent a promo copy of it, but I haven't got around to watching it. It is available on Shutter, and it, uh, you know it is. I think uh, RLJE, which oddly enough, the same company put out We Summon the Darkness. Uh, yeah, so there is a. A thread there, uh, but yeah, I want to see it. The trailer looks fantastic. Oh, I'm looking at stills from it just on Google yeah. Images, and it very much has like a Ralph Bakshi, yeah, it does uh, heavy metal look to it. Yeah, I wish Star- I has. Wish I had watched it ahead of this so we could talk about it more. And has Patton Oswalt in it. I mean, come on, yeah. very cool. All right, um, yeah, I'm gonna have to watch that. It's on Shutter. You said. Yeah, so if you have like AMC, you can probably watch it because, like, I, I've noticed that if uh, for like sh- stuff that's exclusive to Shutter will show up on Shutter for like about a week and then slowly trickle over to AMC. So if you have one or the other, it should be available. It's all rotoscoped, huh? Yeah, it looks man. Like I it. had to I had to do a rotoscope project when I was in film school. That is a pain in the butt. I had to do like five seconds, and it took me weeks. I, I huh? feel their pain. Yep. I feel the pain. I did. I did that too. Not in film school. I was in. I, well, I was in art school, but I. I, yeah. I did. I did some animation stuff, and we did some rotoscoping, and it's tedious. Yeah. Oh God, tedious is it's the understatement. <laughs> I have much respect for those people who do film like that. 
Um, uh, what's the next one on the list? Is Rocktober Blood? Yeah, so, I, don't, I don't know that one. Me either. So, so this one, it, or it was stuck on VHS. It might have got a re-release since. Uh, but, but I saw this at Alamo Draft House, and I believe we we played it on a VHS. It is insane. It's a lot of fun, you know. Uh, so this band, they record their a big hit, and the the singer he snaps and kills everybody in the studio. Uh, two years later. One of the survivors, uh, the, his backup singer and also his like former love interest, she's now the new lead singer of the band. And uh, so... How convenient. Yeah. And after that, everyone kind of starts being picked off in her band. And the whole movie is like, you're trying to decipher, is it a killer or is, is Billy back from the dead trying, you know, is he killing the band? And uh, it's one of those ones that it's like so stupid that it's good and the cover art really just sells that. But I, I couldn't not mention it just because it's one of those films that kind of introduced me to the, the uh, rock and horror genre. It sounds fun. Um, it's yeah. fun. It is fun. That is a great cover too. Yeah, I know. It's awesome. Right. <laughs> you know what uh, movie I did watch in preparation for this? Um, it's called the history of metal and horror. Have you guys, have you seen this Jesse? I've I uh, I've heard of it, but I have not watched it. It's a decent documentary. Um, it uh, it has Michael Berryman is like one of the main weird. He's like this video guy. He's like trying to describe the history of it. it, it it's weird. It describes the history of horror movies, and then it describes like uh, heavy metal musicians talk about their favorite horror movies, and then it talks, and then it has like a third section about how they sort of combine together sometimes. And you know, it's weird. It's weird though. Like if you think about it, we, we made a list of like 20 movies to talk about and there's probably yeah. an out, there's probably 20 or 30 more that we're not yeah. talking about, but there's so much overlap between the music and those types of movies that I'm just yeah. surprised. There's not more like so much more, um, you know, most metal has some sort of horror elements built into the lyrics. You know, yeah. it all sounds dark and ominous, you know, it's all, perfectly made for horror films i feel like and yet i feel like it's underutilized we don't we don't yeah, have, no, i agree we don't have that many horror heavy metal movies i mean yeah, yeah that you're right heavy metal in it's you know it's it's evil it's supposed to be most bands they have like this like <laughs> horror and metal go so well together yeah like a lot of heavy metal bands pull from horror movies and horror books and all kinds of things and in that uh, documentary scott ian was like you know what i used to write what i knew and i knew stephen king books so a lot of our shit is based on horror stephen king horror books you know um yeah i mean, I mean if we did this the other way around and heavy metal that's based off of horror we would we i mean we could talk about that for hours and hours and yeah hours yeah and hours and hours, so. and i do want to i do want to uh briefly talk about some of our favorite you know, horror based metal bands, but um, we, uh, we talked about the gate a little bit, but there's another movie before we move on called devil's candy that you put on here. Yeah. It's a indie film. I, I don't know which company put it out, but uh, it's, it's basically about a, a guy and his family. They buy a farmhouse and he's an artist. He's a painter and he keeps hearing this music and it slowly drives him insane. And he ends up going all Amityville horror on everybody um, and there is some other storylines in there too, but, uh, it's, 
it's worth a watch. The soundtrack's great. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. I'm a big fan of Ethan Embry, and uh, I got to talk to him at, at Texas Frightmare. And, uh, I, you know, obviously I brought up the well, I didn't bring up this right away, but I brought up Vegas Vacation, you know, Papa Giorgio. And then I brought this up because it, this was actually a recent release at the time. And he was so stoked about it, man. Like he he loved the the the, the script and like the, the it actually came together pretty well. Uh, I recommend this movie to people that are in bands just because it is a interesting take on um, you know it's not something we see every day like you guys were just kind of talking about there is not as much overlap between uh horror and rock as you are in metal yeah. as you imagine and this is one of the ones that kind of made me think that as well oddly enough and uh yeah i i liked the film i thought it was great it kind of caught me off guard as to how i need to watch this i like ethan was. embry Going back, because Ethan Embry, if you if you remember Empire Records, got pulled into the gore fucking music video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have, you know, I'm looking at the cover of this now, and I have scrolled by this so many times uh, and not hit play. And the, I think it was the title. Like, the title never grabbed me. Uh, like, the title, yeah. I would roll right by this title. Uh, but I've seen this cover over and over and over. Um. Uh, so yeah, I'll have to give this one a shot. It looks it, like it's streaming free on Tubi. Yeah, it's it's not groundbreaking, but I mean, it is it is a definitely a different voice. Like it's not something you would typically find. I'll have to check this out. It's funny when you look it up on Google. It says, in a nutshell, vicious, intense, and stylish. Yeah, All that's right. about it. Um, so let's talk about soundtracks. Um, is there any favorite soundtracks of, of that are horror movies that have, are, that have a lot of heavy metal in them? Uh, I'm sure it's on this list, but man, the crow that, that was like the soundtrack to have back in the day. It was, uh, yeah, there it is. It's on the list. Um, yeah, not necessarily horror directly. It's kind of horror, I guess. Not completely all metal too. It was more like, you know, the, that Pantera song and like the cure and STP and that type of late nineties, mm-hmm. you know, heaviness, you know, which is fine. Yeah. It's cool. I don't really listen to this type of metal so much nowadays, but I listened to a lot more of it when I was younger, but the spawn soundtrack has always been a, a big high yeah. up thing for me because it's got like, Manson and I think Pantera's on there too, and I know Metallica did a song, and um, it's a lot of like techno and new metal, and uh, there's some great stuff on there. The one that jumps out to me that's not on this list is that uh, that film with Aaliyah, I believe. And, we know uh, the damned. Yeah, dude. Dude, like, yeah. Like uh, same same thing. I listened to that music way back when, but like. When you went to see that movie in the theaters, it was like going to a fucking concert. It was so cool, especially if you went to an IMAX that had great speakers. Like, I think I saw that movie in the theaters three times. <laughs> wow. Yeah. See, my, my wife just taught me into watching it like last year or the year before. Because, like, I, I for some reason, that film just kind of escaped me. But uh, I kind of put myself in that mindset, you know, like that early 90s mm-hmm. spawn, you know, like mm-hmm. kind of like you were talking about, Justin. And uh, it kind of made me I enjoyed it that much more because of that. Yeah. Was it the soundtrack like one of most of the music written by uh, Jonathan from Corn? Yeah, it was all written by Jonathan Davies. But Wayne Static actually performed the majority of it. 
That's why you liked it. Yeah, I was always <laughs> a big experience. fan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the same thing. Like same era, the Resident Evil soundtrack for the first movie yeah. was extremely heavy metal, and yeah. the the Texas Chainsaw remake. Uh, even though the movie sucked, the the music was great. <laughs> I'm looking at it, it has like yeah, that's on my list, and I'm looking at it. it has Pantera, Hatebreed, Meshuga, um, and Lamb of God. I mean, I mean that's not bad. Yeah, it's a nice mix. Um, I want to talk about the Shocker soundtrack. Did you guys ever see with Craven the Shocker? Yeah. One of my favorite uh, growing up. One of my I, I loved that soundtrack. There was a Dangerous Toys song on there called Demon Bell. One of my favorite songs from that era. And they did another song called Scared, which is really cool, very eighties horror based, but. Uh, yeah, there was some really cool stuff on there. Like no, that was like the first appearance, like no more Mister Nice Guy, from the Megadeth version. Um, oh, is that where that came from? I believe so. Yeah, it's on um, here. I yeah, I, I'm looking at the soundtrack now. But. Yeah, great, great little soundtrack. Um, not all the bands have like lived up and <laughs> and survived since then, but yeah, it's really cool. Uh, and it's a cool movie too. I I I enjoy that movie. It's been a long time since i've seen it but um let's talk about uh nightmare on elm street dream warriors fucking <laughs> rocking docking man come yeah. on <laughs> this you can't talk about any heavy metal and horror movie without talking about that that movie uh that song apparently um i saw an interview with uh don docking recently it was actually on that that documentary that i was just talking about how this is the first song that they ever like you need to have these lyrics in your song. The first time we'd ever been forced to do something like that, but it yeah. worked out. It's a great track, you know? Um, yeah, I, I love, I, uh, you know, most people when they ask are asked what their favorite nightmare movie is, yeah. it's usually dream warriors. And oh, uh, I, hear, I hear the opposite. I think people don't like that movie. Oh shit. Like dude, for real, <laughs> like, because like, uh, when when they were showing uh, Dream Warriors at a uh, at a uh, Alamo, it sold yeah. out. And, oh wow! But number one and number two rarely sell out because I think it's it's kind of like almost like a Nightmare and El- or Freddy Krueger's Power Rangers ultimately. Yeah, like as a as a poster collector because <laughs> I'm I'm you know huge in the Mondo community and uh, collect yep. all kinds of you know posters. Uh, there is way more Dream Warriors posters than any of the others. <laughs> Really? Yeah, it's definitely that's one of my favorite. It's that's one of my favorites. I, I, I remember um, doing a birthday party when I was a kid, and it, and it was at the Dollar Theater by that time. So my parents were like, "Yeah, you can bring all your friends," and they're like, "Was that was that eighty seven or something like that?" That movie came out. Was that sounds your, right? Your sounds right. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. I think. So yeah, I was, yeah is not the movie I should have been seeing for my like 11 or 12 year birthday or something, whatever year I was um, speaking on that same sort of style, the theme from Friday the 13th, part six, right? Jason lives, Alice Cooper. He's back. The man behind the mask. Love that fucking song. Yeah, it's a great song, but like it, it doesn't necessarily like it's not as memorable as the the Freddy song. Like it's um, I don't know. 
Well, I it's I don't know because like uh for some reason the I, like now that we've mentioned the Dream Warriors song, yeah, it's it's all that I can hear right in, in my head. Now with the the Friday the Thirteenth song, I have to like think about it, and it, it's it's not like okay. on the tip of my zeitgeist, I guess. Yeah, I get it. I get that. I I actually listened to it again today, but because it, it uses like the the breathing of Jason in the song. It's a great, it's a great track. Um, it wound up on like one of his albums too, like right after that movie came out. It was oh, on the cool. soundtrack, and then it came out on Alice Cooper. I think it was Constrictor or something around that time. Alice Cooper was the man, the fucking late eighties man. That Poison album was the shit. Mm-hmm. One of the nicest guys I've ever met too. He was a comic palooza last year, and I literally had a ten minute conversation with him about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What's his opinion on that? He loves it. He's a huge Marvel nerd. Because like we were talking to him, and I, I'm a big fan of 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 like the the group he used to hang out. Not the band, the uh, Hollywood Vampires, but the group he hung out with in the like 60s, 70s. You know. And he told me so. We're talking about that, and then my wife Kim was wearing a WandaVision shirt. So he's like, "Oh, what do you guys think about that?" And he's like, "Well, having." It was like right when the new Thor movie had come out. And he's, what did you, have you all seen that yet? What you, what are you thinking? I'm going to go see it next week or something like that. It was just weird. Like that he's asking weird. this question about what we saw it about Marvel Cinematic Universe. It was definitely not a normal conversation that you expected to have. But it's cool. Yeah, you expected um, to have a conversation with him about the linguistic history of the name places that are around Houston. Yes, that was, <laughs> this was a- <laughs> it's it's pronounced Milwaukee. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to say to him like I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. <laughs> I'm sure he's gotten that so. I'm many sure times. he's gotten that a lot. Um, I don't know. We talked about. Uh, I think that's. Any any other soundtracks that guys that popped to your guys' mind? Not really horror, but I mean, I, I like for some reason I keep thinking of the Matrix, just because of like the Marilyn Manson and Nine Inch Nails stuff. But I think it's just Marilyn Manson and like Rob Zombie kind of play into that yeah. know, so much. And then the fact that Rob Zombie now directs all these films, it's uh, it's kind of interesting how he's overlapped into he's not no longer a fan he's now right well that's been his that's been his whole life i mean he's he grew up loving that stuff and then he he turned it into a music career singing songs about did you know undead zombies and stuff going back uh, to that that documentary they interviewed rob zombie too and he mentioned something along the lines of the only reason i really wanted to start a band is so i can direct my music videos and then make a film career out of it, yep. which he did. That that explains so much of his music. <laughs> it, does, it does, right? <laughs> hey, man, White Zombie had some good stuff. There's a there's some good Rob Zombie stuff. Yeah, now. I'm, I'm, I'm being I'm being a little bit facetious. I, I like White Zombie and Rob Zombie, but it's not all great stuff. No, uh, no. The the first but two, when it's good, it's a lot of fun. The first two Rob Zombie albums have a lot of great tracks. I've actually seen Rob Zombie live, I think nine times, and nobody puts on a better stage show. No, than he, he puts on a fantastic show. Uh, exactly. He's that's one I still have not seen. He's a true showman. Um, I mean, girls in cages with lights shining and giant Frankenstein monsters walking out in the crowd and a giant head that comes out from the middle of the stage and then, you know, turns the drummer upside down. There's just there's so much he puts into his shows. And the the last song I want to mention is not sort of really 
from a movie, but it's based on a, a famous horror franchise, and that's the Hellraiser song. Um, I like both versions. Uh, they redid it recently, but the the original version, the Motorhead version, is my favorite. That's but, the correct answer. Yeah. Thank you. That's correct. But there was a version with Ozzy and Lemmy, right? I think I don't think that I think that that was edited together. That's how that's what it sounds like to me. I Maybe. think they took both versions of the song and just edited them together. Um, I like both versions of the song, but I, I do like the Motorhead one. Better. Yes, me too. And uh, when yeah, they put out like that uh, the one with both of them, and there was like a an animated music video for it yep. and all of that. And yeah. I was watching the music video and listening to it, and I'm like, these sound like the exact same takes from the original <laughs> recordings. I swear they just took them and blended them together. Well, they there was a blend of it way back in the day, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Was there? I think so. One of the Aussie well, albums or something. Okay. Um. Yeah. Let's uh. Let's move on. Who are some of our uh, favorite horror metal based bands? We'll start with our guest if you have any. Well, I kind of, I mean, touched on it a little bit, but I, I do, I love, I, I love Rob Zombie, like, like ironically and unironically, like, uh, I think that his stage show is fantastic. You could, like, my dad, he, I took my dad and my wife to go see Rob Zombie, and he wasn't a fan of him before he saw him. Yeah, but then after the show, he's like, that was amazing. Let me and, ask you, what do you think of his movies? I like his movies personally. I think um, I like the take on Halloween. I wasn't a huge fan on, of Halloween too, but yeah, I, yeah, I really, yeah, I, I really like uh, Lords of Salem. I thought that was yeah. This uh, this is a hot hot take, but I actually liked it better than Rosemary's Baby. Um, yeah. I, I think that Rosemary's Baby is severely overrated. There's, hey, me uh, too. I'm with you. There is other movies that are like that that are better and uh that yeah movie's, yeah i get it because that movie is so old and they didn't really show a lot you know that and that's fine you don't it's, have yeah. to though you yeah. don't have right. to show a lot uh, but it's it's not uh i agree though i think it's severely overrated as a movie but what, I, what I i really like the south and corpses trilogy yeah i don't know I if like... i would say the trilogy because the first one is fun for what it is it's definitely rob zombie just getting to play in a sandbox he's always yeah. wanted to play in Devil's Rejects is a quality movie with a great script, a great cast, yes. and it, it deserves accolades. It's a it's the a third it's movie a great is movie, a not terrible just a piece movie. of shit rehashing that Sid Haig got screwed over on. <laughs> like, I mean, it was, it was such a disappointment. I hated Three from Hell so much. I did not. I watched it fairly recently for the first time. Uh, I think I watched it last Halloween season, and um, I enjoyed it, but. Uh, nowhere near like I enjoyed yeah. Devil's Rejects. Devil's Rejects is, is a good movie, not just a good horror movie. Yeah. It's a good movie. Uh, I, I'm so on board with fun. I'm on board with Dave on um, this one. And Three from Hell was not anywhere near that caliber. It, just, it goes on still so in, long and there's so much. Yeah. It's so many weird. Walls it's very and, weird because it's two different movies. It's it's there. It, he's it's trying like to he's trying to recapture the lightning the bottle. Each other. He's trying to recapture the lightning right. bottle that was Devil's Rejects. It just didn't work. Let's move back to <laughs> Jesse here. Any other bands? Uh, you know, I like Marilyn Manson too. Like uh, Manson, you know, oddly enough, he's a fantastic actor. He was great in Sons of Anarchy. Uh, he was in another film uh, called Wrong Cops. Uh, and, you know, he kind of has that similar stage presence as Rob Zombie. And when I saw Rob Zombie and him together, 
that was pretty awesome. But, you know, fortunately for us, Rob Zombie saved the day because uh, Marilyn Manson had heat exhaustion. And, uh, you know, it was a it was a better show because we got 45 minutes more of Rob Zombie. I would have um, taken that easily. Yeah, it was fantastic. But uh, but yeah, I, like what else is on the list here? Like, you know, I'm not a huge Misfits fan. I do like I'm coming around to Ghost. Uh, I did. I've seen Guar live. Fantastic. Dude, I've seen Guar so many times growing up in like the 90s. I, I went to the Abyss like every time they fucking played. Yeah. Um, so I've probably seen Guar probably like 15 times in my life. I, I was just walking around South by and like I happened upon a Guar show and it was, I was walking, <laughs> As you do. I, I, I was walking <laughs> yeah, to an, yeah. an, another show, uh, this local band, I was trying to see neon Indian and I was like, Holy shit, there, there's Guar right there, you know? So I just sat and watched that. And then when it was over, neon Indian was coming on stage too. And you know, that's, that's a really cool, uh, cool band, you know, RIP Steve Brocky or whatever. Dave but, Rocky. Uh, yeah, I know. I was waiting for someone to correct me because I'm not no, a fun. I'm not a real fan. Like I I know I've seen them live. I know of them through like Adam Green's show, but uh but that's not like that's really the extent of it for me. Um, I, I grew up loving that band. It was great that we had them what Common Clues like twenty fifteen or something, the same year we had Fear Factory. We had Guar there in costume just signing autographs. It was the most random and weird thing ever at yeah. that show. I remember seeing that because there was a lot of that, that was a that year. There was so much variety, yeah. as, as far as guests, and yeah. it was interesting just watching them walk around. Yeah, one, one of the things was like seeing Guar going down the escalator. It was so we're like, what the fuck is going on? How did this happen? Um, all right, Dave, what about you, sir? Oh, this this has just reminded me of another another movie that could have oh. been on our our list of horror or heavy metal movies, uh, and it was talking about Gwar that made me think of it, uh, a Gwar esque band, Lordy. Uh, oh, Lordy, same same kind of shtick, right? Like yeah. all, all yeah. like, uh, like uh, costume monsters and stuff. I kind of like Lordy. I'm just being honest. Like I'm not like all they about some good them or songs. anything, but I. I, they do some of their songs. I really don't know much about Lordy. Um, I think they're fun, and similarly to Dave Brocky, Mister Lordy himself, like he makes the costumes and like he makes the characters on yeah. But they had a horror movie. Lordy had a horror movie called Dark Floors, where uh, all of the characters in the band are monsters in the movie. Nice. Uh, it's fucking awful. It's terrible. It's a bad movie, um, but it, it's kind of fun. Um, I think it may only be fun if you have any appreciation for Lordy at all, though. Like if, if you just went into it, having no idea, it would just be a bad. Yeah. Movie. <laughs> but... Anybody else on your list? Um, I'm sure tomorrow I'll think of like five. But <laughs> coming to my, my I know you're a fan of ghosts. So yeah, I mean, ghosts I'm is, a big fan of ghosts. Ghost is like the biggest I don't, one these days. I mean, I don't even know that like I. How horror based are they? Consider you know? them. I don't even really consider them horror personally. Um, I mean, not any more than heavy metal or whatever is it in general. Yeah. Um, certain. I, I, again, there's horror elements in there, but I don't really think of them as horror. The only one I, I mean, uh, I, I've got like a long list of obscure bands I could name off, but I mean, the only big one that really <laughs> pops in my head is Cradle of Filth. 
Yeah. I mean, they, they do a lot okay. of horror stuff, you know. Uh, but, I mean, really, I, you know, I'm like a black metal obsessed guy. So, like, almost everything I listen to is pretty horror related. Horror based. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, think a specific album by uh, a, a <laughs> soon to be convicted person, uh, I Sir's Horror Show album was oh like, God. that that was always like my favorite Ice Earth album. Yeah. I loved that album. And I interviewed I him on that album. I, he hated that album. John Schaefer, like that was like one of his least favorite Ice Earth album. It's one of my favorites. I thought it was It's great. one of my favorites too. It used to be one of my favorites. Yeah, true. But yeah. He, he's about, getting convicted come February, by the way. Yes, he is. For, it, for his sentencing. We should do a live podcast about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The John Schaefer sentencing podcast. Were you gonna say Jesse? What about this band? Um, I like I'm not all that familiar with them, but I know that they are like heavily influenced by horror. Uh, Ice Nine Kills or Ice? Yeah, I I know that they're a horror horror based band. I I personally do not like them at all. I've heard some of their stuff, but I know they're very popular. Um, it's just not my not my jam. Um, yeah. And you know. And I and I'm not the elitist metalhead guy that said, oh, if you, if I don't like it, it means you can't like it. That's not that's not true. But I don't I don't like him at all. I've heard them, and I'm just like, oh, that's not my thing. But I know the guy that the lead guy in the band. Don't really know much about them. Uh, he's big into horror, and all their music videos that I've seen look cool because they're all horror based, which is that's a good thing, right? Yeah. But I mean, you say the same thing about a lot of. Uh metal bands i mean even like the yeah. even like the new metal bands like look at slipknot or mushroom head like yeah. they, they did a lot of horror music videos and stuff i mean i think that maybe that's where it lives maybe maybe horror meets metal in music videos more so than mm-hmm. an actual story based you know movie. yeah i i definitely agree because you could do a three to five minute short horror film and set it to your music you know what i mean yeah easily easy a lot of bands do that yeah um there's a couple of bands I wanted to mention here. Um, there's a great band called Bloody Hammers. If you don't know them, oh yeah, they're good. Uh, they're hit or miss. Some of their stuff is real solid. The earlier stuff, I like it. I like it more yeah. than. Uh, there's a, a a great power metal band called. I'm gonna say great. That such a that's very subjective. Power Wolf. All their songs are very lycanthropic, but they're like the the werewolf version of like Sabaton. Yeah pretty good description uh another band that nobody ever really talks about but i fucking love is this thrash band from ireland they're they go by the the initials fku but it stands for freddy krueger's underwear (laughs) and all their songs are based on horror movies and stuff like that but uh i i would be remiss if we don't talk about one of the original horror punk metal bands and that's stormtroopers of death SOD. I mean, they, they straight out had a song called Freddy Krueger. I mean, one of the originals right there. Yeah. I've never I mean, even heard of that, but now I have to. You never heard of SOD? So no. it's basically. It's one of the many, many Scott Ian projects. Yes. Right? It's oh. two members from uh, Anthrax, uh, Dan Liker, who was uh, one of the original, ba- the original bass player of Anthrax, uh, the Nuclear Assault, and then uh, the singer from who went on to do MOD method of destruction. Whenever we got that initial from, but Billy Milano. 
Yeah, SOD is it's it's a classic album, dude. Like nineteen eighty five, I believe. One of those things I was in Chicago visiting family. We went to this mall and my parents brought bought me the cassette tape, not knowing what it was. I'm like, all right, you should get me this. <laughs> um we mentioned Guar. There's bands like you talked about a lot of black metal bands. There's a lot of like horror, gore, death metal bands. Like Necrophagia, bunch of different bands out there. I was that, thinking about uh, Revocation too, because all their yeah, all their albums are about different horror elements. Like they did one all about Salem Witch Trials. They did one about cosmic horror. Um, True. Yeah, that, like they they kind of jump around a little bit, but Revocation is a good one. Yeah, and they're great. Their new shit is really really good. Yeah, it's more but yeah. There's technical death metal than. What about a Necro Goblin? Do you guys like that? I've heard of Necrogoblicon. Yeah. Yeah. Necrogoblicon. Yeah. Is that what it is? I thought it was. Nec- is, it, is it the same thing? Necrogoblicon, the, yeah. where the singer dresses up like a goblin and all that. Yeah. yeah. yeah I haven't seen them. I don't know a whole lot about them. A friend of mine has seen them a couple of times, and apparently they put on a fun show. Yeah. Well, the videos are really good. It's kind of like what you were talking about uh, earlier, Carrie. Like, it's uh, like little short films. Yeah. Uh, but. But the the music is is good. Like you can tell, like that they know what they're doing. It's not just a, uh, you know, it's not something they're doing over a weekend. You know, like they actually put the effort and time in. Sure. So and they, yeah. they get to show their love for horror through their music, which is great. I, I appreciate that. There's a we have to mention Flayer, of course. I mean, yeah, a lot of this stuff is written about horror. Um, we have to mention we've mentioned it before, but Alice Cooper, one of the godfathers of shock rock. Um, I mean, we can even mention Metallica. I mean, they've done a lot of stuff about cosmic horror and you know undead stuff. I mean, well, they're just they're just, they're just yeah, scary now. See, we're just getting into what I was saying earlier that if we were having this conversation the yeah. other way around, where hip, hip or horror yeah. influenced heavy metal, we would not stop talking because it's yeah. that's where it all is. That's and right. we have to mention George's favorite band, King Diamond. King Diamond, <laughs> King motherfucking Diamond, Merciful Fate. I mean, doesn't that's get not George's favorite band at all. No, it's not. <laughs> Why does he um, sound like that? He, <laughs> I, he fucking hates him, and I love, I love him. I do notice, you know, like obviously we we were at a horror convention this weekend, but yeah. you know, I noticed that a lot of other horror conventions kind of book these guys too, like uh, you know Danzig or like uh, you know in some of the uh, Scotty and yep. Slip Slipknot. Like it is kind of interesting to see those guys, um, you know, amongst like uh the halloweens and the freddies and you know like because as far as i'm concerned i feel like they could do their own like room of just that because they they also include kiss alice cooper like you mentioned but so it's it's interesting that there is this overlap even though there isn't an overlap it just kind of happens naturally it just yeah you said it right there it happens naturally it's like peanut butter and chocolate i think i made that but i don't know i don't know completely if that's true because like you know, I, I know a lot of horror fans that do not like heavy metal at all. See, I'm not a huge heavy I, metal fan, but, but I can appreciate music. But a lot of heavy metal fans I know are a lot fans. of heavy metal fans that are fans of horror. Yeah. So I think it only goes, I think it only almost always goes one way and not so much the other. Like, I mean, I could see that. There's so much overlap, but I think the people that like the music are just naturally gravitating towards darker stuff. So they're always going to like horror. Whereas the people that like horror, you know, some people watch it for catharsis. Some people watch it just for entertainment. Some people are like crazy about it. You know, it just sort of yeah. depends, but it's not really, 
dependent on the music. I mean, it's all going to have dark, ominous tones <laughs> built into yeah. the, the 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 soundtrack or the uh, you know whatever. Score. But yeah, the score. But thank you. Uh, but you know, it's not always going to lead them to pursue that other yeah, music outside that, of the that. movies. Yeah. Well, this has been a very fun conversation. I think, like what David said, there's we could spend hours talking about more bands and stuff like that. But I think it, let's move on to what's tickling our geek, and uh, we'll wrap up this episode because. I got a pee. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about me tonight. Um, all right. So our special guest, Jesse, what is tickling your geek? What are you looking forward to in the near future? Uh, what I'm looking forward to. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really kind of just looking forward to, you know, like we kind of talked about a 24 earlier. I'm, I, mm-hmm. and I'm looking forward to the next step in horror. Like, all, horror is is very successful right now. Uh, it's making more money than it's ever made before. It's like the mainstream is finally giving it a chance. Yeah. And as, as much as I didn't love Terrifier two, I am curious to see where that where we go in the finale. Um, I will be seeing that. You know, we talked about Talk to Me. We got Talk, Talk to Me two coming out. We got Scream six coming out. You know, and but I'm I'm more about oh, yeah. where or I want some more Jordan Peele. I want yeah. some. Uh, Elevator horror, original <laughs> stories, ultimately. Yeah, and uh, but I'm just excited to see more horror in the theater. Honestly, um, speaking of horror, my my was tickling my geek is in September. There's another horror convention coming to Texas to Houston, same hotel called the Days of the Dead, uh, the Houston version of it. Um, and thanks to Rob Zombie in his Halloween movie, Mickey Dolenz from the Monkees is going to be there. Because he was he had a role in that movie, and I everybody that knows the show that knows that I'm a huge monkeys fanboy what? nerd, yeah, whatever you want to call it. I met him back in like '97, so it would be it's gonna be very cool to 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 meet with him again. I'm gonna get a bunch of things autographed to get my photo with him. I'm gonna do the whole the whole thing. Um, I was trying to debate what I was gonna get signed. I have this print from Joe Eisma, um, great artist of the four monkeys in black metal makeup. And I got Michael Nesmith to sign that before he passed away. So I might get Mickey to sign that too. I think that'd be cool. Um, and the other thing I want to get, cause I have, I have a lot of autographs from him on stuff that, you know, I've but not physically there. I have um, the tick. I have an eight by 10 of the tick signed by uh, Townsend Coleman, who plays the tick. The first season was Mickey Dolan's. And the other seasons with Rob Paulson from Animaniacs. My next goal is to get both versions of Arthur to sign that. I think that would be cool. Cool. So yeah, that's what I'm. I'm really looking forward to it. The uh, the photo op is like 125 bucks, which is very expensive. But you know, if I don't do it, how much would I regret that? You know what I mean? Yeah. There. You there. you would regret it a lot. A lot. I, I agree. <laughs> that is a huge. Uh, I'm going through it now. Yeah, this is a huge list of celebrities. Like this yep. is, this is pretty pretty freaking wild. I think they just announced like Kane Hodder is going to be there. Um, Tracy Lords is there with Jana Jameson. Yeah, which is okay. Well, quick quick sidebar. 
uh, I was at Texas Frightmare and I was just kind of chilling like in this room. Yeah. And Gina Jameson walked in and just started breastfeeding her kid and like, like just pulled out her boob and just fed the baby. And I'm just like, Oh, hi. Like, like you've she, never seen her boobs before. Come on. I, I have never been kissed, sir. So, uh, okay. <laughs> how many kids do you have? Uh, but uh, it was just, I mean, it was unexpected, but uh, yeah. yeah. But at the same time, it's just like, Oh yeah. You know, been there, done that, whatever. I mean, it's a natural thing, I guess, but yeah. Still, whatever. Yeah. Well, the, it's a little, I guess it'd be awkward. Yeah. So, uh, we, we had a maternity or, or uh, what, what do they call it at Comic Palooza this year? You've seen the picture, right, with Anthony Starr? So they had like a, a breastfeeding room, but they called it yep. like, you know, the milk center or something. There was like a sign. And they had Anthony Starr, his celebrity table was like parked right in front of it, and they got a picture of it. It's fucking That's hilarious. Nice. That's like one of the funniest things I've seen this year. <laughs> that is funny. That was one uh, of the main reasons why I was like disappointed that we didn't make it to Comic Palooza this year. I think that guy is phenomenal, not only in the boys, but mm. just like in everything he's in. Have you I, seen I, the I, new I'm, movie with him and Lizzie Kaplan? No, I uh, Cobweb. Cobweb, yeah. Uh, no. I'm, I, we're I, we're gonna watch it this week. Okay. Uh, I, I have it, but uh, supposedly it's it's fantastic. I've heard good just, things too. I, it's on my list to watch. Yeah, we'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> I think you Hi, and I Justin. are going to become friends. We have a lot in common. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about you, Justin? What's tickling your geek? Uh, well, uh, I, I'm up for a new promotion at work, which I'm I'm pretty sure I'm going to get. So I'm pretty excited about that. Mondo Congrats. finally announced. Thank you. Mondo finally unveiled the Beastman uh, of their Master of the Universe Hot Toys line. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I'm a huge Master of the Universe fan. I don't collect all the Mondo hot toys, but Beastman, you know, he's my guy, so I got to get it. Um, it looks, you have a huge Beastman collection. I do have a huge, huge Beastman collection. Um, so, I mean, they finally unveiled it. I've been waiting like two years for it, so I'm really excited to get my hands on that. How much? Are, how much is something like that run? Two seventy five. That's cheap. Three bucks. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. I, I'm. Uh, I'm also excited to. Now that I've beaten season one of Diablo to play some yeah. Baldur's Gate three, um, that comes out on PS five in a couple weeks, right? I'm not sure. I'm playing on PC, so you're gonna play on PC. Yeah, and on my Steam Deck right. probably. Um, oh yeah, that's true, Steam Deck. Yeah, but I I played the first two Baldur's Gates and loved them way back when, so I think I like the third one too. I've heard nothing but good things. Pretty sure it's gonna be game of the year from everything I've been reading. Yeah, I've been hearing it's really good. Let's uh let's let's team up this weekend and play some Diablo then. Yeah, for sure. And then uh in the Metal Geeks clan. Come on guys, come join. Yeah, Metal Geeks crew, I think it's called. Crew. So yeah, something like that. that. Yeah. And then Starfield. I'm pretty excited for Starfield as well. You know, I'm a big Bethesda fan. That comes out in the beginning of September, right? Yeah. I love Fallout. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'll love Starfield as well. So I'll play it because it's gonna be free on uh, Game Pass. I'll check it out for sure. Yeah. What about you, Dave? What's tickling your geek? I didn't really have anything. Um, I'm trying to scrape something together. I guess uh, now that Voyage of the Demeter is out, I want to go see that. I've been kind of excited about that. I think it's a great concept for a horror movie. It, uh, yeah. I know I know how it ends. It's but, supposed to be uh, part of the, the like revamping of Universal Monsters, too. Um, even though that was... Is a, it? Par- apparently, like, that was canceled. They weren't going to do it. But then this is supposed to be part of that. This is the Dracula story of yeah. the new Universal okay. Monsters uh, reboot. So, okay, I didn't realize that. Better than the Mummy reboot. 
the Mummy reboot's not terrible, honestly. Like uh, the Tom Cruise one, it's not great, but it's not terrible. It describes a lot of Tom Cruise movies to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I, well, I went in with extremely low expectations, expecting it to be terrible, and I came out going, huh, that was kind of fun. So, you know. That's kind of how I felt about the Dracula one. I was like, that was kind of cool. The Dracula Untold, I believe, which mm-hmm. was, I think, what started the whole revamping of the Universal Monsters. Not as good as Dracula Dead and Loving It. That's all I got to say. Hell yeah. <laughs> Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks, hell yeah. One of his worst movies, but still better than most still, of the shit out there. Still good, yeah. <laughs> Anything else, Dave? Not really. I, oh. I pulled that one out of my ass anyway. Cool. So. Thank I you. really, I really want to see that though. Smelled like been, it. <laughs> I uh, as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, I mean, it it looks it looks like they cared what the, what they were putting mm-hmm. out. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited yeah. for that. I know, a yeah. buddy of mine. Uh, they he went and saw it over the past weekend. I need to get his opinion. It looks fun. I know this weekend, what comes out? Strays comes out and Blue Beetle comes out. I've yeah. heard negative things about both. I've heard, I, I saw some good things about Blue Beetle, but I'm not going to probably go too, see it. But it looks theater. like just such a generic comic book movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be on whatever streaming soon, H- you know. HBO. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, this has been a really fun episode. I want to give special thanks to my my guest tonight, Jesse. Thank you for coming on. Um, where can people find out more information about you? This is this is your time to pimp yourself out. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm on Instagram, Real Joe Danger. Uh, I'm on Twitter or X. Uh, I guess formerly known as Twitter, <laughs> right. uh, Joe underscore danger, but you can always find me at cinedump.com, C-I-N-E dump.com. Uh, you know, I have a YouTube channel as well. So I do interviews and, uh, you know, unboxings and things like that. I recently uh, interviewed Orlando Jones. That was a fantastic interview. That's cool. I Yeah, that was, that was awesome. Uh, I actually just interviewed Diane Franklin yesterday. That was all that. That was pretty cool. Um, and then I, I, ha- uh, I have, you know, interviews lined up already for next week. So, uh, yeah, just look me up. Jesse Hobson, Jesse, like a lady Hobson, H O B S O N. And, uh, we can make something happen. We will link to all of your uh, socials and all your pages in the show notes too, as well. So sounds good. Uh, Justin, what about you, sir? Uh, well, I have a new episode of the mind fudge comedy podcast coming out from comic palooza. Sometimes nice. <laughs> I've been working on getting it edited, but uh, with a one-year-old, it's kind of tough to find the time. Um, yeah. So check us out. Uh, George and my show, mindfudgecomedy.com. You can find it, mindfudgecomedy, pretty much anywhere podcasts exist. If you want to follow me on the social medias, it's at comicaljc. And uh, that's pretty much it. Dave? Uh, at Red Viking Dave on uh, your social media platforms that I occasionally update. Um, and uh, if you're in the Houston area, um, I will also be vending at an event next weekend, the 27th, called the Misfit Market at a, a shop called the Purple Ravens. It's down here in Leak City. So cool. I will be there sweating my ass off trying to sell artwork. So It's supposed to rain next week. Oh, I wish. I wish. <laughs> we'll All right. Uh, and for uh, for the Metal Geeks, of course, we're at, uh, you can find us on our website, metalgeeks.net. We're on all the socials at Metal Geeks, as well as our sister show at MSRCast. Um, we're on any place where you can download your podcast. We're on 
Apple Music, we're on Spotify, we're on all these cool places. And um, again, uh, oh, check out the Metal Geek Society. I don't want to forget that. On Facebook, we have a really cool group there. Um, as again, as always, thanks to our to our special guest. And uh, we end every show with one last thing keep we it, have to say. Keep it metal. And? Balls. No, no balls. <laughs> I was going to say keep it geeky, but there's one more we can say tonight. Let's keep it horrified. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Night. Later. Hey, Geekazoids. Thanks for listening to another fine podcast brought to you by MSR Productions. All rights reserved, blah, 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 blah. For reviews, archives of our podcasts, and all your other metal geekery needs, please visit metalgeeks.net. Keep it geeky. Keep it metal.